Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the ACB of Oregon membership meeting on this day. I'll officially call this meeting to order. This is President Carrie Muth. And we'll see if I remain the next couple of years later when we do elections. I just want a few uh, reminders. Um, you know, uh, most of you are down in the participants, so can't mute unmute yourself at will anyway. But, you know, we do want to be respectful. Keep yourself muted to de- unless speaking to avoid background noises. And just remember, we are conducting ACB of Oregon business. and. So along with that goes, you know, a sense of professionalism and um, just presenting ACB of Oregon in a great light. So we want to go ahead and do our Pledge of Allegiance. And Jeff, we have that recording. Hi, I'm Abigail, and I'm a junior member of the Southwestern Chapter. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. And that's been so enjoyable hearing little Abby. Um, So the saddest thing we always start our membership meeting off with is recognition of those that have passed on since our last convention. And I'm going to go through um, the names and then we'll have like two minutes of silent time and then we'll have um, a prayer. So last November, we lost the Metro PDX chapter lost Bill Melinarski. In January, we lost two, um, two people. Pioneer chapter lost Wes Smith. And Willamette Chapter lost Bev Rushing. Um, and this last August, the Rogue Valley Chapter lost Katrina Marsh. And this month, P- Pioneer Chapter lost Dick Nixon. And my dad was a previous Southwestern Chapter member who passed away October 5th. So I'll go ahead and um, have some silent time for about two minutes. Precious Holy Father, we come to you this day remembering those we have lost. 
and asking your mercy and blessing on them and your comfort for their families who remain. In Jesus' name, we ask this. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. So our, our next item is chapter roll call. Um, and Sue Schwab is going to give this report. Okay. Um, our roll call of just uh, members. Metro chapter has 12 members present or registered. Southwest chapter, 11 members. Rogue chapter, five members. Klamath Falls, five members. Willamette chapter, seven members. Pioneer, one member. OAAVL, two members. And at large, four members. And how many guests did we have registered? We had 25 guests. Wow. Okay, great. Um, and Deb, could you tell us how many are currently in our webinar? There are 17 on the attendees side and six counting me. So that would be actually five of you. So uh, 17 and five is uh, 22. <laughs> okay. And, and for anybody, any of our members that are out there in ACB media land, we will be having some voting and you should have received a zoom link for today so voting registered members can join the webinar so you'd be able to vote later and participate in any discussion thank you so the next thing i have listed here is approval of agenda and i kind of sent out an agenda late uh friday night to to a few people i don't know that it got circulated really well um, Sue, that list, would you be able to go through it real quick or you want me to? Um, oh gosh, I don't have, I can do it. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do approval of the uh, meeting minutes from last year. We're going to have a Wedbush presentation and that may vary depending on when he joins us. We're going to have the treasurer's report. Then we're going to do several committee reports. Then we'll have the 2022 budget. Then we're going to talk about the proposed bylaw change. Then we're going to do the elections of officers. Then we have select members to go to the ACB mid-year meeting in D.C. Sorry, I have to get down past where I'm talking. <laughs> then select the convention site. And then we'll adjourn. So are there any additions? to the agenda. So if anybody raises their hand, any raised hands? No. Okay. Hearing none, I'll go ahead and um, we'll just, uh, I guess I have to t ask for a motion, right? Can I get a motion to accept the agenda? Okay. I, I, okay. I may have just uh, overlooked it. Did you mention a uh, discussion of the proposed budget? as part of the agenda? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That'll be right after the John? reports. John? Okay, I move we accept the agenda as proposed. And uh, Leonard you. and Deb? Okay, Leonard and Deb? I'll you second should. it. Thank you. So we have mm -hmm. a motion by John Hamill 
to accept the agenda as proposed, seconded by Leonard Kopel. All in favor, signify by raising your hand. You want to something? Yeah. And maybe, Deb, you can just go through real quick how to raise hands in case people don't remember. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to suggest that you do, and it's totally parliamentarily legal. I got this from Uh a parliamentarian. Because Zoom goes so slowly with the hand raising and lowering, if you um, believe that something is likely to pass, the easiest way Uh to do it um, and, and as I said, it's parliamentarily legal, they told me, uh-huh. is to actually do what they call a vote by consent, which means you only ask for those who are opposed to raise Okay, hands. thank you. I forgot and, all about that. Yeah, and that works <laughs> okay. really well. So I'm going to lower all lower hands. these hands. All right. Because otherwise we'll have, you know, billions of hands sure. and, and we'll have yeah. like what we had last night. So yeah. if you only and then if we get some people who are opposed, you can decide whether you want to do a more formal okay. vote on it. Great. Okay. So are all hands lowered? Uh-huh. Okay. So if you are opposed to the motion, please raise your hand. <laughs> are there any hands raised? No. All right. No, they, Perf- they look good. Faked. Great. Thank you. Motion carries. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 2020 membership business minutes were sent at, were sent in the stylus last December, January. I forget which um, month that was sent out. And so I will entertain a motion to accept the minutes as sent out or if you have any comments on the minutes from last year's meeting please raise your hand and be recognized mona okay mona i move that we accept the minutes as uh sent out thank you mona any other hands to second Uh, no but the people over on the panel if uh if there's not very many of you over there if you would like to to second or make any motions i'm actually not watching the hands over there as well this okay. morning so you go ahead and just do that on the panel side okay well, i'll just second it there you great. go great thank you sue <laughs> that works that does work quicker all right so we have a motion made by mona seconded by sue schwab to accept the minutes as sent out again we'll vote the other direction so anybody opposed please raise your hand are there any hands raised no all right great well motion carries (laughs) i I guess you know i i do know we have some committee reports ready to go so maybe we could let pat wallace do his membership report Take stuff out of order on the agenda. Is that okay with everybody? Sure. <laughs> yes. There ain't no complaints. Star Let's six, do that. Pat. Hello. There you are. Hello. Good. Welcome. Good job, Pat. All right. Welcome, everybody. Great to be with everybody this morning in our business meeting. I am the chair of our membership committee, and we've been a little slow on getting things done the last six months, but. We have had some interesting times this last two years with the virus and everything, but we lost a couple members, as you know, because of death, and we've had some members move away to other states, but our chapters are doing well. 
our membership is looking good for the coming year. And I think we are going to see some major growth after people are able to get out and get mingling again and um, see our organization grow. I do want to say that the uh, the organization has had some interesting um, things that we've been doing um, with the Zoom calls that we were hosting here in our state, and Tyann and Desiree with all the outreach they've been doing um, to bring people to know and about us as an organization here in Oregon. I, I really wanna thank you all for stepping up and and being involved and on national level and on your committees to let people know about us. We, we've, jo we've had members join from all over the country to be members at large or members of our affiliates. So we are seeing some growth. I would like to see us explore in the new year some opportunities to see a chapter start in Eugene or maybe Ben. And I think that's something that we need to focus on because there are some movement in those areas and those communities where we could get some new members. And I just say thank you all for stepping up and being a part of our organization and keeping us moving forward. And, commit, and the, the committees and Carrie, you and the board have done an outstanding job. And I think we can grow in the new year. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you, Pat. And I um, believe we have Greg. Okay, yep. Greg's here. Okay, okay, perfect. We'll go back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Jacobs is with Wedbush uh, Securities. I think is that what it's called, Wedbush Investments. Um, I was trying to go back and figure out how long that we've been with Greg um, and Wedbush. And gosh, I think it was back when, um, like my, you know, my dad, uh, originally made contact with Greg and he was treasurer for 18 years <laughs> and I have been probably for about four or five now so um gosh do you have any idea Greg how long it's been I think I started working with you folks in 98 98 wow okay 23 uh, years yep. Yep. yep okay okay um I am uh, turning this over to Greg Okay, well, let's just dive right in. Um, we're having a good year this year. Uh, the account balance as of close of September was uh, $572,358.73. Uh, of that, we have about $11,134 in cash. And then in we've done a little bit something different this year. We bought some stocks and we don't generally do much in stocks because as a lot of you folks are aware, but some may not be, there were stipulations put on this money when it was donated to the council. Uh, and one of them was that the account value never dropped below 340,000. And actually when we started back in 1998, we weren't much off of that. So we had to play things pretty close and pretty careful. Uh, in the 20 plus years we've been working together, we've never had a down year. So I think we've worked that pretty well. But the account value has gone up a, a ways to where we could afford to do things that have a little bit more 
volatility to them, still maintaining the income requirement because your folks need is for periodic income. You don't want to do a lot in stocks when you're trying to generate income because it's kind of a Murphy's Law type of situation. The minute you need to take money out, that's when a security is going to be down. If it's generating income, you're never selling anything for your withdrawals. You just take it out of the cash that builds up. But we had a situation this year. Obviously, we're in atypical times and have been for about a year and a half now with the COVID situation. And when they approved the vaccines earlier this year, two areas I thought would do well and generate good income because they do pay about a 3.5% dividend uh, is the pharmaceutical sector and the pharmacy sector. So we bought four stocks. We bought uh, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, uh, Walgreens, and CVS. And they've done well this year. Uh, by We bought them in January. By June, they were up on average about 17% and uh, while paying us a 3.5% dividend. Uh, they've come down a little bit over the summer, but that's kind of the nature of summer. Summers generally move sideways in the market, and the three worst months of the year are September, October, and or August, September, and October. So uh, currently, they're up about seven to eight percent, and we're still generating the income from them. But in equities, we have fifty-six thousand. That's stocks. In bonds, taxable bonds, we have one hundred nine thousand. In municipal bonds, we have eighty-four thousand, and in mutual funds, we have three hundred and ten thousand. So that brings us to a total of 572,358. Uh, year to date, the account is up just under 15% at 14.56. And to contrast that with the S&P, which is an all stock index, is up 15%. So we're doing very well as far as maintaining a good return and generating your cash and actually coming close to keeping pace with the stock market without being actually in the stock market. Uh, last year at this time, we're at 513000 So we're up roughly $50,000 from last year. Uh, like I say, most of what we have is in bonds. We have 84000 that generates tax-free income. Those are the Oregon Muni bonds. Anything we have in stocks are in big, large-cap companies. Um, so let's see, I think that's about, does anybody have any questions? Sorry, I was muted. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were. <laughs> that's okay. I thought maybe I'd dropped off the call. We have a hand with David Kelly on the attendee side. Yeah. Okay, perfect. David? Working on that. Just a minute. There we go. Yep, there, David. Hi, this is actually Pam. Uh, oh. I'm also a I'm also a member, but we're listening on the same phone for convenience. And um, my my only question is, uh, thank you for that great report. What what mutual funds are you invested in, and what is the um, objective on those? The the one that we have the most in is the Griffin Institutional Real Estate Fund, and the uh, objective of that is uh, income. They pay about a six percent dividend. Uh, the other thing that's really nice about this institutional fund, because it's not a lot of retail investors, retail investors tend to sell out when they get scared and tend to buy back when they're feeling bulletproof and institutions just stay the course. So the, the value for this fund stays real steady. It has very low fluctuation to it. Um, back in 08, 09 in the real estate crisis, which would have been the 
crisis that would have affected this mutual fund the most because it's in real estate. The market came down 34%. They came down too. So we like it because it's very stable, but it keeps clocking out about a 6% dividend. The other one is called the probabilities fund. And that is one of the growth plays that we have. You want to have a little bit in growth, uh, but we, we don't want to have a whole lot in growth. The thing that's nice about the probabilities fund is that uh, you heard me say that the markets generally move sideways through the summer. And there's an old adage in our business that says, sell in May and go away. 86% of the return of the stock market is made between November and the end of May. To put numbers to that, if you put money to work every November 1st and took it out at the end of May every year for the last 50 years, your return would be 8,640%. If you put money to work January 1 and took it out October 30th every year for the last 50 years, your account would be 105% return. So you still make money through the summer, but I think we can all agree there's a big difference between 105% return and 8,600% return. The problem is you can't really trade that discipline in somebody's account because you would kill them on commissions and taxes. But the probability fund manages the fund that way. So all his trades and everything are done inside the fund for free. But he is very, he's never completely out of the market, but he really reduces his market position through the summer and then increases the position between November and May. But this doesn't pay any dividends. So it's a, it's a growth play, but it's not where a majority of the funds are in the mutual funds. The majority of them are in the, on the Griffin fund. So we only have uh, 70,000 in the probabilities and the big chunk is 120,000 with the Griffin. Thank we you. Also have Thank yeah, well, real quick, we also have two other mutual funds in there, the Calamos funds, and they're uh, dividend generators also. They pay about 6% as well, and that's the balance. What was that fund? Funds. I'm sorry, what was that fund? Which one? The last one I was talking about? Yes. The last two are the Calamos funds, and the symbol in one is CCVIX, and the symbol in the other is the CVTRX. And these are what's called convertible bond funds. Do you want me to go into how a convertible bond works? Nope. I know how that works. Thanks. I appreciate your time. Okay. Yep. Thank you, Pam. Uh, any other questions? I don't. Any other, no other raised hands? Nope. All right. Sounds great. Okay. Um, yeah, th thanks Just for a, joining a, us. I can give you a real quick recap on, on what I think I see going forward, if you're interested in that real quick. Yeah, that's great. Perfect. Okay. I think as far as the account and the allocation, it's pretty much just stay the course. Uh, I think the market's going to do fine for the balance of this year, although I think we've made most of the money that we're going to make this year. Uh, but I think the fourth quarter is going to be okay. Next year, I think, does okay. Uh, there is a huge amount of money pumped into the market via our children on Washington. And... Uh, Money is fuel for the market. So as long as there's that money circulating around out there, the market's going to do okay. I think when it gets kind of iffy is when the Fed starts raising rates. Uh, currently, they're talking about uh, the beginning of 2023, but Europe's already talking about raising rates 
uh, first part of next year. So we could raise rates as early as the middle of next year. So watch what the Fed does on interest rates when they start raising. I think that's kind of a red flag for the market. But due to the amount of money that's out there, I think the market does pretty well between now and then. It's going to have fits and starts. The supply chain bottlenecks that we're experiencing uh, are going to have an effect, especially going through the holiday season. The stores have trouble getting merchandise. Uh, but again, there's just a huge amount of money out there in circulation. So I think the market does pretty well for a little while. But there will be a downturn at some point. At this point, I'm thinking probably the end of 2022, first part of 2023. At that, at that point, we might want to pull out of some of the equity positions we have and put them back in probably tax-free bonds. Uh, Greg, I have a question. Um, sure. So you kind of just uh, added a little bit to my question there. You said at that point, we probably want to pull out of the equities. And the equity, mm -hmm. is that the stocks that you purchased? Yes, that is. That's the four yeah. stocks that we purchased. So as more people get vaccinated and um, this thing is, um, the vaccines are declining in distribution, would you be pulling us out of those stocks? You know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, I would probably wait until there's a fundamental change in the market. I think Pfizer and, and uh, the, the, the four, four horsemen, so to speak, uh, have a lot of uh, room to run. Uh, they're talking about now making the uh, approving the vaccine for children between five and up, which, you know, depending right. on how you feel about the vaccine situation, that's a personal thing. But uh, it's going to be a good revenue generator for the pharmaceutical companies. Right. They're also talking about uh, vaccinating children now in schools, which they're going to send CVS and Walgreens out to do that. So I think and basically the, the pharmacies are on a government payroll. They're getting paid by the government to distribute this vaccine. So uh, going forward, Pfizer in particular is a benefactor from the government because they, the government say, you and I paid for clean rooms for uh, Pfizer to process pharmaceutical grade vaccines. And that's one of the most expensive things for pharmacies to uh, construct. That's one of their biggest expenses. And it's a free gift to them from you and me. So they're gonna be able to produce a lot more vaccines going forward. So I think this runs a little farther than just the COVID vaccine as far as how their earnings look. But again, when the market sells off and comes down, this market's notorious for throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It doesn't make any difference if it's a good stock or a bad stock. They tend to all get hit. So like I say, when interest rates start moving up, that would be a better time for us to look at bonds. First of all, the bonds we buy when interest rates move up are going to pay higher income. Yes. Secondly... We're out of the bond market. The place people go when they get scared of the bond market, or the stock market rather, is the bond market. And we just want to be there first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the bonds are safe, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's excellent. Great. Are there any other questions? Sorry about that. I'm looking at your other list here. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I no. don't see any hands. No, there are no. Okay. There are no. All right. Perfect. All right. All right. Well, it's nice to talk to you folks, if not in face, not face to face. This works. But uh, you folks have, have a good year and have a good holiday season. Great. Thanks yeah. so much for all the work you do for us. You bet. Take yeah. care. Thank you, Greg. So our next item is treasurer's report. Great thing to follow after our investment person. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Darian does have her hand up. 
Uh, I think I'm a little premature when we get to committee reports. I have a couple okay. of questions about the yeah. membership report. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, we'll do that. Get that back then. Okay. Go ahead, Sue, with the treasury report. Okay. Um, rerun of yesterday at the board meeting. Our um, money we have in Chase Bank with Chase Bank and Chase uh, Money Market currently is $2,412.16. Um, I had just pulled five thousand from our cash fund of uh, Edward jo uh, of uh, Wed Bush to put in the bank, and that pretty much got sucked right back out with an expense we had uh, with the Braille embosser. I'll get to that. Um, as Greg said, our, our Wed Bush securities is five hundred and eighty-two thousand. No, let's see, five hundred and eighty thousand two hundred seventy-four dollars and fifty-one cents. That was as of uh, the October 22nd. Um, the, uh, of that $367,151 is our restricted funds amount. So we're sitting at um, about 220,000 of increased, um, increased funds uh, since the establishment of the restricted fund balance. Uh, the other thing I reported was the student uh, convention donations that we um, had some generous donors several years ago. We're still, we still have money in that fund for future to support students coming to our convention. And that is at $1,183.80. Um, our total unrestricted fund balance, as I mentioned, um, is $22,442.24. Now over to our actual uh, income and expense report. As of the 22nd of October, we have brought in $17,625.80, and that's only 51% of what we budgeted for income. Um, our expenses, we have board operating expenses, which consist of the president's travel and board insurance um, and board travel expenses. And not surprising because of COVID, uh, we hardly had any of that. Our total of that was $360 and 325 of that was board insurance. Um, let's see, program expenses. Our programs are our convention we put on, uh, legislative, Oregon legislative activity that we didn't do this year, leadership training, which we didn't do this year, um, Oregon scholarship to our national uh, ACB is $1,250. We have grants and allocations, which we did this year. Our blind skills support and oral health support. Total program expenses was $7,441.97. Our member support consists of uh, copying and printing of the stylus, our web page support, postage and mailing, membership dues, which we pay to national, and our angel wall that we um, usually budget for every year. Our, um, this year, angel wall support was $1,000. Um, we had two members that we put on the angel wall. One was Bev Rushing, my mom, and the other um, was Charlotte Nodden, a long, long time member, I believe Southwest chapter member. Um, but what Back up here in donations and income, we got $1,000 to cover that. So that uh, 
really didn't cost our organization. We had a generous donors. Um, the total member support is $2,490.97. Our general operating expenses, which consist of chapter support, our um, year-end uh, 990 filing and a review of the books, our um, warranty renewal that we did for the Braille embosser, um, corporate filing fees, um, that is like our CT12 fee, um, office supplies, bank charges, and merchant fees. And I expect merchant fees um, will be a little higher this year because we uh, use significantly use Zoom to uh, collect uh, registrations for the convention and Zoom charges um, fees on there, but so does PayPal and all the rest. So, but we do uh, with our uh, online um, method of uh, putting doing our convention, um, that's one of our costs, more significant costs of that, of the convention, but it really um, is minimal compared to the overall expenses we normally pay out of this organization. So our total general operating expense this year so far is $1,078.50. Um, total expenses then came to $11,371.44. And that was only 33% of what we actually budgeted. So if you remember, I said 51% is what we made of our budget income only 33% of our budget expenses. Therefore, we're in the black so far, $6,254.36. Um, that's pretty good for COVID time, I think. Um, and as uh, Greg said, the market was hot all year. Um, so in unrealized gains, which is the uh, market gains on our investments with Wedbush, we made $24,698.58 that I had calculated so far. Um, so that would artificially inflate our income to $30,952.94. Um, those gains, of course, um, if you have a market start going down, uh, we start taking, subtracting those back out. But he expects the market to hold pretty steady right now through the rest of the year. Um, let's see. I think that's my report. Any questions? I don't see any hands yet. No raised oh. hands. No. Okay. I would entertain a motion to. This is Michael. I had my hand yes. up. Uh, and yeah, Michael. Then I got yeah, but we promoted you to the panel. So that's yeah. why we yeah. didn't see your hand. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just wanted to clarify that. So, Sue, so just for clarification, you stated that Zoom has some fees for registration. It's actually Square that has the fees. Yeah, it's square. That's okay. right. I meant to say square. So I yep, just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> Thank you. It's when the uh, payment is processed through through our website. It's yes. square we're using. Yes. Thank you. All right. Any uh, motions to accept the treasurer's report as Madam presented? President? Yes, Leonard. I move that we accept the treasurer's report as presented. Thank you. Any seconds? There are people that can unmute or people could raise their hand. Thank you, Michael. So we have a motion made by Leonard Kokel, seconded by Michael Babcock to accept the treasurer's report as presented. All opposed can raise your hands. 
that does make it easier if I don't have to go find my raised hand. Button. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are there any raised hands? No. All right. None. Motion carries. Great. Thank you. Um, and before we go to committee reports, I do want to let people know, because Pam, you mentioned you and David being on the same call. Um, and I know people do that. Um, if you both want to be able to vote independently, though, you both need to sign in separately because we're doing the raised hand feature for voting. And so I know you two are not the only two doing that. So I just want all members to be aware of that, that for voting purposes, everybody has to be in, signed in separately. Uh, also, Teresa and Mona, I've been trying to send you to a um, panel invitation to so that you can give your reports from the panel. And so if you'll watch closely at your device, I'll do it again. But they don't last very long. So it, it, Zoom won't yeah. do it without your permission. And so yeah. I'm going to try one more time. And, and if people can, you know, be ready to raise your hand. Um, Right. So we're going to do the committee reports next. And I know Darian did mention, we already had the membership report from Pat and Darian mentioned having a question. So Darian. And I'm also going to have a fundraising report. So, yes. Um, okay. Um, on the membership report, um, two things. One, can we get some specific numbers? Like how many members do we have today as opposed to last year or pre-COVID? I know you weren't expecting like a pre-COVID question asked. Um, okay, so so I okay, go ahead. And your other question? And my other question is could we have an action plan? I would recommend that we have an action plan. I heard a couple of years ago about us doing a mailing, and I think <laughs> there is some behind the stuff going seeing stuff going on but whatever happened to the mailing and could we have something more action oriented in the next year okay thank you and and i will say that um with the next year you know it'll be a new board whatever because we have elections today so you know i'm sure committees will be appointed in january so we'll make sure that that's taken under advisement to make sure that you know there's an action plan as for numbers, I've been doing the AMMS database, and I think pre-COVID, um, we had like 142 members, and we now have, I think, 131 after some more recent members. So when we first did the database certification process, we were down to around 122 or three. Um, and part of the reason that jumped and changed was people meeting uh, virtually, it was a little harder for some to submit their membership dues. And so we ended up with several that came in after the deadline for national. And so that is a good thing to be aware of that, you know, membership dues information is supposed to come to um, myself because I'm doing the database stuff. Well, to your chapter with your dues and stuff, February 15th. So that is a deadline to make sure that we keep our numbers and database up to date. So um, keep that in mind. So maybe chapters can try starting collections early with dues, especially for those not meeting in person that may be a little more difficult to get the dues from people. So thanks for that question. Are there I, any think other it's, I think it's great we're focusing that we're getting out-of-state members, but I really want to see us step up our efforts for in-state members. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Darian. 
Are there any other questions regarding the membership report? Okay. So, okay. We'll go on to the fund squad report. I have these kind of in alphabetical order. So next will be fundraising (laughs) after fund squad. So Desiree and Tyanne. Fund squad convention committee. Hey, morning. Um, Okay, we started our year planning for a hybrid convention, meaning um, we would have in-person and have the ability to broadcast some of our convention to folks who would be tuning in virtually. Um, However, that was not to be, uh, as everyone here, I think, gets. Uh, At the last possible minute, uh, our hotel um, that we had contracted with and had been ever so patient uh, during COVID, they were sold and were unable to honor the contract. Uh, We did our research. Several of our uh, committee members uh, checked uh, places we'd been before, places we hadn't. And we just couldn't find uh, anything so last minute. Um, I know many of you were really disappointed not to be able to meet in person. Um, I know a lot of us are really hoping to. Um, But what we did, we did learn something from our initial planning. Hybrid is going to be a little bit more complex than we initially thought. So Uh, We recommend additional criteria in choosing a hotel uh, in future for hybrid conventions. Um, Overall, it was, you know, it was pretty much the same people from last year. We had a couple additions and I believe Tyann would like to thank people for their help. Yes, thank you. Carrie, for letting us, Tazara and I, take over being co-chairs. It was a different experience. It was um, a freaking learning experience. I don't, know if you real. To, I don't know if you really wanted to thank me. Half the time, you guys were probably <laughs> <laughs> I admit nothing. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, Carrie and Sue were in the background talking to the hotel and getting all that straightened out or rushing to find a different venue. And we had such little time to do this, but um, they're awesome. And Jean Marie, thank you for taking notes and uh, getting your speakers and uh helping out with the auction and then there's uh there's Cassie who uh is uh the door prize queen since Abby's the door prize princess um she was so enthusiastic and I'm so glad it didn't have to be me this year um and then Michael came on later when we knew it was going to be virtual and uh, did a whole bunch of recordings along with Desiree. And it, it run, ran smooth. So thank you to everybody on the fun squad. 
So on a little bit of a personal note, yesterday at the Elephant in the Room talk, it was brought up about mentoring. Um, and I want to say thank you to Carrie for putting up with my many calls in frustration, going, what are you doing? And then it finally occurring to me that maybe this is what mentorship looks like. I've been in various leadership positions um, for a long time. And I think I kind of forgot that maybe I should, you know, shut up, get less frustrated. And I don't know, maybe learn a thing or two. So thank you, Carrie. Well, and I want to say thank you for challenging me, Desiree, because, you know, there, there are parts of it that I learned to become a better um, person, a better leader in this organization. Um, and it, it definitely stretched me also. <laughs> so you know, I, think, I think we we shared a couple of times we were both frustrated. So, um, but, but, but that is, um, you know, it is learning to, you know, put some personal feelings aside sometimes and trying to figure out what's best for the organization. And um, it, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I got to tell um, you both that it was a lot of fun watching your growth and, you know, just seeing your capabilities come forward and the time and energy you guys put into it and, and the whole fun squad. I mean, it was, you know, I, I like planning conventions. It's a lot of fun. So <laughs> yeah. So great, great report. It's, it's been a great convention. Does anybody have any comments for the fun squad report? Don't see any. All right, great. I, th I think you guys did a great job and it's been a fun convention. Thank you for the report. Um, next up will be fundraising with Darian and right after that will be the nominations report. Well, do we have to, I don't think we have to do a report because we're going to have the elections later. So we'll be playing the nominations later. So I don't think we have to do that. Oh, so it'll okay. go. So it'll, yeah, because we'll play that um, later when we go to do the elections. So okay. we're going to go from the fundraising to the pedestrian safety will be after that. So fundraising, Darian. Okay. So first of all, um, when we were trying to put together a package of recommendations, Teresa um, put us in touch with Brian Smith, who she works with um, through the secret, um, secret uh, product, secret products. And um, we um, ended up uh, having her do a one-time fundraiser for us. And um, I want to thank her because um, she put that together for us and she donated all of the proceeds, all of her profits to ACB of Oregon. And we um, earned, I know the figure was given on Friday at the board meeting and I can't remember it, but it was over $200. So thank you, Teresa, for um, for being willing to give of your personal self and your personal funds to ACB of Oregon. Um, then we have recommended a package of three fundraisers, which are the Facebook birthday fundraiser, the Amazon smile fundraiser, and um, 
really stepping up our efforts to help publicize the vehicle donation program, um, we can do our part with that too. And so tutorials um, went out with the programs after the convention. I believe they will be coming out in Braille to those who signed up for getting a Braille program. Um, large print will go out. You can request a tutorial from uh, from the fundraising committee. And I know that I heard yesterday that the tutorials are also posted on our website. And um, so give us a few weeks. We hope to have a fundraising page where all of our fundraisers are listed and links to those uh, platforms will be posted. And that will include a link to the uh, donation to charity dot uh, com, which is the vehicle donation program platform. And so yesterday I said you could refer people to cars or the donation to charity.com. You will also uh, be able to just refer them to our website and um, then they'll be able to see all our fundraisers and they can also eventually be able to click on a link from our website to donation to charity.com. Calm. And uh, so I think that's my report. Thank you. Thank you, Darian. I, I, I do want to thank you um, for stepping up and volunteering to chair that committee. So are there any questions for Darian regarding the fundraising committee? Any raised hands? No. Nope. Okay, we'll move forward with the fundraising and after fundraising will be the website. So I'm that not was fundraising. fundraising. I know, I know. I just was pedestrian safety. So Mary <laughs> Lee, <laughs> Mary Lee Turner. <laughs> and you can, there you go. And can I stay oh. unmuted in case I have a comment since I worked with her? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Am I, am I unmuted? You now? are. Great. Okay. Uh, this is Mary Lee Turner, and wow, has this been a, a mixed bag of action and um, this, this past year. So this is the Pedestrian Safety Committee report. We began, we meaning um, it started out with, um, I was going to co-chair this committee with um, uh, Jean Marie Moore, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and she has been involved, but um, Actually, Darian has really, I should say, and Darian has really stepped up and um, has been taking uh, between Jean Marie and Darian. We've had great notes. We've had meetings monthly. And I think we started in January. We first started using the ACB convention line, but then we moved to um, in Zoom invitations sent out by the ADA coordinator of the um, of um, Portland Bureau of Transportation, and um, so during this year we have been in communication with a uh, a number of chapters um, of ACBO, and um, the point the whole our challenge this year was to. Um, let everyone in the state of Oregon 
and beyond, of course, know that the white cane safety laws are in place and that we do have a right to be um, living our lives which it, it, to the fullest, which includes being out in our communities. We can't be out in our communities if we don't dare travel. And so um, the, the, um, our purpose has been to educate the public that folks with, um, that are using guide dogs and or white canes, we've done our bit. And now it's really important that they do their bit as they are um, traveling on the same streets and um, that we are. So uh, Darian has written a great report that um, Sue Schwab has agreed to read for us. So let's take that away. Thank you, Sue. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Pedestrian Safety Report, October 22nd, 2021. Your Pedestrian Safety Committee has been busy this quarter preparing and implementing activities that culminated in a White Cane Safety Day celebration. Mary Lee Turner and Darian Slayton Fleming have been working over the past several years to organize the Pedestrian Safety Action Coalition. This means we have been inviting community entities to join with us to improve travel safety for Oregonians who are low vision or blind. Each year, more community partners have joined us, including Lions Clubs, staff and consumers of independent living resources and the Oregon Commission for the Blind, Oregon Walks, Portland State University O&M Department, and the Portland Bureau of Transportation. This year, the Oregon Department of Transportation came on board. This new addition enables us to finally get messages out to the sighted public through social media and more. On August 31st, Mary Lee and Darian were interviewed by the Oregon Department of Transportation photographers. Material from this interview was used to create messaging for social media and to create a podcast about pedestrian safety. During the week of White Cane Safety Day, the Oregon Department of Transportation um, released messaging on Instagram, telling people about White Cane Law and giving tips on how to keep us safe on the streets. On December 31st, the Pedestrian Safety Action Coalition worked with the Portland Bureau, Oregon Walks, Portland State University O&M students, and ACB of Oregon members to kick off a White Cane Safety Day campaign with the Community Walk in Portland. On October 5th, the Hull Foundation for the Blind Retreat and Learning Center held a Zoom event about the importance of white canes and guide dogs. On October 14th, the Pedestrian Safety Action Coalition in partnership with the Portland Bureau of Transportation held a White Cane Safety Day celebration. We read the state and Portland City White Cane Safety Day proclamations, showed videos and shared personal stories about our experiences with pedestrian safety. Throughout the campaign, we advertised the American Council of the Blind's Get Up and Get Moving campaign and encouraged people to attend the dance party on October 15th. Every year, our coalition grows We are so excited that the Portland Bureau of Transportation and the Oregon Department of Transportation have joined us in this important community education. We hope more of you will join us in the future to increase the effectiveness of our work. 
And always remember the white cane law is there to protect us. Get up and get moving and be seen in your communities. Make every day a white cane safety day. Thank I you, Sue. One, I have one comment. I, I, if I mistyped, I apologize, but um, <laughs> we started our campaign um, on September 30th, not December 31st. Um, so I don't know. Um, oh, uh, inter okay. we were interviewed by the photographers. We no, did no. that on August 31st, August 31st. And then, and then yeah. we kicked off our campaign on September 30th, 30th. with yeah. the community walk. Did it? So just to clarify. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Darian. And also we did, um, um, we put, we did what it took to, uh, get the governor to again um, step up and create a a document declaring White Cane Safety Day on October 15th. And that got sent out to every county and city um, ADA coordinator. So hopefully we're laying the um, laying documentation out so that um, folks all over the state can then call on your ADA coordinator, uh, get that document, and continue the process of planning. And I'll close by saying that we are we are eager to receive um, photos and very short videos about um, that show us out in public you know, doing our thing as far as crossing streets, shopping, eating, going to, you know, get your hair cut, whatever, all those little videos. If you send those to me, that's Mary Lee Turner at smilingmarylee at gmail.com. We are going to continue compiling um, documentation that we can use uh, in the future that show that um, white cane safety is um, needed and appreciated and the law. Because the only rights we are absolutely guaranteed are the last rights. And, and uh, we want, you know, we, um, we acknowledge that because pedestrians who are blind or visually impaired are um, certainly very increasingly vulnerable when we are out in public, but don't stop. Do your homework, do your due diligence so that you know where you are and where you want to go and the best routes to do that and, um, and then go for it. So we will begin um, probably meeting again in January to um, uh, continue this process. That's the end of our report. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mary yes. Lee, we actually have a meeting in November to yes, debrief about all these events. So if you want to mm -hmm. um, join us, let Mary Lee know so we get you on the invitation list. And then we probably will take a break until after the first of the year. Great. Super. Th thank, thank you, you very gonna, much. Yeah. One of the things I've, I've been most excited watching you guys this year is just the networking and the community partners, you know, which was shown in your report, all the different things you're working with. So that's awesome. Are there any John? Um, 
question. John. Yes. Um, nice work, uh, ladies. That that was, uh, I'm impressed. Um, I did try to find uh, some public service announcements that I could offer to our local radio stations here in Salem mm -hmm. and um, didn't think of, of you people. I went to the National American Council of the Blind and asked if they had any radio spots and they did not. Um, I was wondering if you folks did. We actually have one okay. that Michael recorded for us last year. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I can send that to you. Okay, send it also to AC to National. They, uh, I think they should act as a clearinghouse for this kind of resource. Do you have a thank you? Do you have a contact as to who we should send that to? No, I don't. I I talked to a couple of people while I was there and did not make good notes. I I thought okay. they would say, "Why, sure, we'll just send it to yeah. you." Yeah. And well, you know what? I think that uh, one of the people who's really key in ACB National about transportation is um, uh, Ron Brooks from Phoenix. And um, and I'm sure if we send it to Eric or uh, Jennifer Flatt, who's the communications person that, you know, or Connie yeah. Sims, we can get it to mm -hmm. the well, yeah, yeah, you get it. Right. That they'll get it to the right people. Yeah, perfect. right. Okay, it's probably there... Clark Rackfall. Who... I, uh, uh, there I would, you go. <laughs> I would like to. This is Mary Lee. I would like to yeah. just say one more thing, and that I mean, we are really dedicated to this, um, to this creation of change in our communities. So, if you, if anybody has any suggestions, concerns, contacts, if you want to be involved, please let me know. Okay. Thank you. You're very All right, well. Awesome. Thank you. And we'll go ahead and move forward. Our next and last committee report that I've requested is from our website or our um, techie trio. And Marty's been having troubles connecting for some reason this morning. So Michael Babcock, take it away. What? I got volunteered to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I will give a real quick overview. I'm going to go over some numbers here towards the end. I want to preface this and I'll remind you that these numbers are slightly skewed as we only started acquiring analytics towards the beginning of October. I don't have an exact date. I think it was October 1st uh, is when we started to, these analytics. So we, over the last two years, have migrated the ACB of Oregon website over to a content management system called WordPress. Uh, it previously was HTML pages that had to be manually coded. And uh, Marty, and myself, and Carrie, uh, we, we all talked about future-proofing the website and those who are going to work on it. And give me one second had to mute Alexa, uh, cancel, cancel. Sorry. Uh, and so, uh, we went ahead and migrated it over to WordPress and that has been a fairly seamless process. It's given us the flexibility of being able to, as Sue mentioned earlier, register people on the website. We've taken PayPal out of the mix for registration because of the, 
higher fees that uh, PayPal charges versus Square, which is the payment processor that we use. Of course, everyone wants to get a little bit of money, so there always will be some sort of fee. Right now, Square is what ACB of Oregon is already set up with. Therefore, that's what we went with for the website registration. Uh, we now have chapter pages for most of the chapters. I am working on gathering information for OAAVL so I can make sure that their information is on the website. I completely understand that and realize that that needs to be remedied. So I will be reaching out to people early this week to get that remedied. Uh, and we now, as of yesterday, have a support page, which is the last page on the menu bar that takes people to an index where they can find information about the Smile fundraiser, the Facebook fundraiser, as well as the Donate a Car. And the website for donating or the page for donating a car does have a link uh, to donationsforcharities.com, I think is the one that it was on there. It wasn't just charity.charities.com uh, for clarification. And uh, people can get, get there by clicking on the support link from the menu bar, or if it's easier, acboregon.org forward slash support hyphen us. Uh, and we have also a contact page for each chapter and the individuals can reach out to the chapters directly from the page. And that is definitely helpful. And then they can also reach out to Carrie. And I think Carrie has gotten a few messages <laughs> through the website uh, as well. Lastly, well, two things. Uh, the last thing I want to mention about the website, and then I'll go over some numbers and take questions. Uh, Mona graciously provided me a resource list that she has compiled. When you click on resources on the website, you can download that original list as a Microsoft Word document, as I realized that some people would prefer it in that format. And or you can simply use your arrow keys and arrow through the resources page in order to uh, see what resources are available. So let me give you some numbers real quick. As I said, know that these numbers are skewed and I expect that we can provide uh, more up-to-date numbers upon request if needed after, uh, well, after November 1st, we'll have a full month's data. For the last 30 days on the website, we've had 155 visitors. That is unique people coming to the website Although be aware that if someone does, nope, that's unique IP addresses. So, so even if someone comes from a phone and a computer, they're still only going to count as one visitor. So we've had 155 unique visitors to the website. The convention landing page that we've created that has links to the auction um, and to I removed registration because we didn't want people registering, but links to the auction and descriptions of uh, hula hoops and uh, different equipment that you need is our second most visited page after the homepage. Uh, the homepage is generally going to have the most visitors, so, so be aware of that. And we have a 51% bounce rate. And by bounce rate, that means someone loads the page and then immediately closes it or goes to another website, typically associated with bots or automated computer systems. So that 51% bounce rate is very low. Uh, you want to keep it under 70%, and I think we can manage that.
We've had 41 people visit the website from Google specifically, that is doing a Google search or uh, looking into what uh, ACB of Oregon offers, but, but Googling it. I do not have data on what keywords were searched, though I can put systems in place to look into that so we can start focusing on those keywords more with additional content, including podcasts and videos. We've had two Bing searches. To me, that's not bad. Uh, Bing is going to generally be lower because when you think search, you think Google most cases. Uh, and then we've had two referrals from Facebook. So Facebook doesn't generate a lot of traffic, but Facebook also wants to keep people on their website. They don't want to, uh, they don't want people to leave their website. So having that as a low number also does not surprise me. And I am open to questions. That's generally what I have. Okay. Are there any raised hands? I just want to say, Michael, that I am so impressed with everything you do. <laughs> I really thank you so much. Hey, I, I enjoy doing it. So thank you. All right. Thank you very much. So I want to just say thank you to all committee participants. Um, you guys did a great job um, this last year. Well, actually, over the last two, most committees were appointed a two-year period. Um, and I want to just encourage other members out there. If, if you're looking for a way to get involved or you think you'd be able to contribute to these committees or other ones, um, you know, reach out. Make sure that the board knows that because committees come up in January um, at the January board meeting. So make sure and reach out. Next thing on our agenda is the presentation of the 2022 budget. Oh, boy, I can't hardly believe it's going to be 2022. So, Sue. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. Um, the budget uh, starts, I start with the convention income for the total income for the what I expect for 2022. And because of COVID, we have no idea really if we're going to be out of this by next October. Um, I budgeted $4,000 in income, which normally <clears throat> in the past we've uh, come, no, not up to $4,000, but close to it. I, in 2017, we actually brought in $3,035. In 2018, it was $2,453. 2019, it was 2000. And then 20 and 21 here has been pretty, pretty minimal, really. Um, for the investment and fund uh, and dividend earnings <clears throat> for a year, I budgeted $14,500. Um, we, over the years, our dividend and income earnings has declined. Um, <clears throat> And um, I, it could be uh, it would, could be the market, and then it's now it's picking back up. But in 2017, we actually brought in 20 over 25,000 in dividends and interest. And in 2018, we brought in 34,800. But then in 2019, it was almost 20,000. And in 2020, we brought in 17,000. And so far in 2021, here 13,000. Um, but we still have the year to finish out. So I tried to be safe and budget closer to what we actually brought in for the last couple of years. And that, so that's 14,500. Fundraising income, uh, which includes vehicle donation, which has picked up surprisingly. 
um, for during COVID. The last two years have been really good for that. The div the uh, vehicle in donation income we brought in uh, almost $1,900 in 2020. And so far this year, we've brought in $1,000. Um, that's usually a quarterly check. So we'll see what uh, the fourth quarter brings. And then other fundraising income has been um, like the secret income and, uh, oh gosh, my mind's drawn a blank. But anyhow, I budgeted $4,000 overall for fundraising income. Um, then we have like uh, other kinds of miscellaneous income, our, our uh, donation from the affiliate chapters, which is money from national that we get, $200. I only budgeted for one angel wall, which we um, cust what have last several years we've customarily done $500 is the rate that they ask for a donation. Um, but uh, of course, as I said, in our income, we, um, we do get sometimes memorial donations to help offset that so it uh, can actually pay for itself. Um, membership income, I budgeted 700 and that's about what we get that we um, take in an income, but then we turn around and pay back out to national. So total income for the whole year, $25,900. Uh, for expenses, um, I'm looking at um, really don't have any fundraising expenses anymore so far. We have board operating expenses of the president's travel and board insurance and board travel. Um, possible room rent if we're um, having to rent a room if we're meeting in person. Um, and that uh, I budget $6,330. That is kind of been the last um, amount of, of expense that we had when we were meeting in person. When, when, now what I'm trying to say is before COVID is what I meant. Um, and when we were actually able to have a one, one of our quarters, which is traditionally January, that the board meets in person. But uh, president's expense also includes uh, her travel or his travel to national, to the president's meeting and to the legislative activity sessions that they have. Um, so that's where a bulk of that money comes from. Our program expenses uh, is our convention that we put on. Uh, ACB legislative meeting support, uh, Oregon legislative activity, uh, Oregon leadership training seminar, Oregon scholarship that we pay to national uh, for an Oregon student, um, grants and allocations, um, and blind skills support and oral hull support. And uh, all that I budgeted 15,800, which is pre-COVID figures that we've normally ran. <clears throat> Member support, which includes the stylus, the webpage uh, expense, which I maintained at the level that we voted at um, to bring it up to a couple of years ago. We, we increased our webpage support significantly and that has given us the wonderful webpage that we do have. Uh, postage and mailing, membership printing, membership dues, which is the dues um, that we pay out to the state, I mean, to the national, um, membership awards and gifts and angel wall that we pay out to the national. 
Um, so overall membership support is $2,200. And then general operating expense, that's our chapter support, um, our tax uh, 990 filing and year-end review, our warranty uh, and licensing that we pay for our Braille embosser, uh, which is a, uh, we renew the extended warranty every year. Um, Let's see, corporate filing fees, which is our CT12 fees and such, uh, minimal office supplies and bank charge merchant fees. Um, I budgeted $1,570 to that, which uh, isn't as much as we've had in previous years, but um, I don't, uh, it could be, I was trying to keep expenses, of course, minimal, trying to balance the budget. So I'm I think I brought it down a little bit on that, thinking we can control those expenses somewhat. So total expenses I budgeted then was $25,900, and that gave us a balanced budget. Now, if we make any changes to this budget as a membership uh, that we vote anything, if you vote to spend money to change anything and increase the expenditures for the 2022 year, we're going to have to find the money to do that. We're going to have to increase funding somewhere in the income to keep the budget balanced. Just a reminder. So that's the budget I'm presenting. That's the budget I presented to the board on Friday. Um, the board did um, recommend a, a change. And I don't know if you want me to go through that, Carrie, or do you want to discuss that? Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and mention what that change is. Okay. Yeah, there's been a lot of discussion the last few years, and actually Sue started this um, pre-COVID trying to get more members to be able to attend our in-person conventions and, you know, how do we support that? Um, so what we discussed doing is having a, a committee, an ad hoc committee to work on that after the first of the year um, to look at ways to do that and whether that's helping pay motel expenses or travel expenses or stipends. We don't know what that's going to look like for sure, but uh, along with that comes a need for some money behind it. And so what we recommended is any unused funds um, from 2021. And Cassie, mentioned the auction proceeds to all go into an account for that. Is that correct, Sue? That's what we, yes, that's what it was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The profit, the, the uh, surplus income for this year plus the auction. Yeah. 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 And, and so that would start a, start a fund for that. And of course, if we were able to do fundraising efforts or whatever, you know, that can all be helped, but that would give us a little, um, a little bit of a boost for our next in-person convention. So, all right. And I, um, I believe, was it Jean Marie mentioned having uh, something to discuss in this? And if, if you want to mention something about the budget, please raise your hand. Yeah, she's, she's ready. Okay. I'm Jean -Marie. jumping right in. <laughs> yep. Um, <clears throat> I was, Sue, I was at the, I don't know how to do this. So procedurally, but I noticed that, um, $1,500 went to blind skills and $1,000 goes to the whole foundation. And I was thinking last night about it and I thought, I wonder if we could, I wonder if we could um, just share 
have equal amounts go to both organizations because our our group is involved with both organizations and I don't know exactly how this whole thing got started, but I would suggest that $1,250 go to each organization. I don't know. Do I make a motion or? Um, yes, that's what I think that's what you would do is make a motion. Okay. Mm-hmm. I move that Oral Hall, the Hall Foundation and Learning Center and Blind Skills both get the same amount of money, which would not impact our budget. They would just both get twelve hundred and fifty dollars instead of the current fifteen hundred and one thousand. All right, thank you. Is there a second? No, it is. Okay, okay, great. Thank you for seconding that. So we have a motion. Is there any discussion um, on the motion to split that twelve fifty twelve fifty? Hearing none, we'll. Go ahead and take the vote. So if you are opposed to this change, please signify by raising your hand. Okay, how, how many raised hands Two. do you have? Two. All right. Two. We'll say that motion carries. Is there any other um, discussion on the bu- proposed budget? Darian has yes. her hand Darian, up. yes. Okay, Darian. That's my phone. Oh, okay, that's okay. Yeah, stop it, it was phone. me. Um, okay, hey, Darian. I was just trying to get the attention to make the motion. Oh. But since we are not all unmuted, it's really hard right. to feel like we can participate. <laughs> so so are, are, you, are you wanting to make a motion to accept the uh, budget as amended? Is that what you're saying, Darian? What, wasn't there a motion to, wasn't Jean Marie making a motion to? Yeah, we've already yeah. passed that motion. Okay. Passed. okay. So the, the point now is to make a motion to accept the proposed budget as presented. As amended. As, as amended. amended. Yep. So yeah. Moved. Okay. Thank you, Darian. Is there a second? Yes, Mary. I'll second it. Okay. Oh, thank okay, you, Leonard. Leonard. All right. So we have a motion that's been this made. This is Mary by, Lee. We yeah, have Mary Lee. Two hands. And I was yeah. raising my hand to second it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's been seconded. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I know sometimes it's slow with these raised hand thought things. <laughs> right. <laughs> thank you. All right. So we have a motion um, to accept the budget as amended. Is there any further discussion? Any raised hands? Okay, so we'll go ahead and take the vote. Anybody opposed, please raise your hand. No. No raised hands? No hands. We'll say motion carries. Yay, we have the budget. (laughs) Great work, everybody. Um, The next one up is the bylaws, which we'll have Jeff play in a second, the proposed bylaw change. James Edwards, if if you're here and want to raise your hand so you can make sure to be able to unmute to discuss it also, um, that would be great. So, Jeff, if you want to go ahead and play our proposed bylaw change. Current bylaw, bylaw 9, scheduling annual membership meetings. The membership may, at the October annual meeting, set the date, time, and place of its next annual meeting. Should the membership fail to schedule this event, the executive board shall determine the date, time, and place of the meeting. Proposed by law. By law 9. 
scheduling annual membership meetings. Annual membership meetings shall be set biannually. The membership may, at each subsequent October annual meeting, set the time, date, and place of the next two annual meetings. Should the membership fail to schedule these events, the executive board shall determine the date, time, and place of the meetings. Thank you. Um, And thank you, Rick, Mr. Uh, Deb, (laughs) for recording that in our (laughs) pinch hit there. (laughs) Yeah. So, so James, do you have anything to add to this potential bylaw change or do we just want to move into any um, discussion? Okay, Darian. I, I think I was confused a little bit and I don't know if other people were. Um, so I asked for some clarification last night. So this is just to um, not to pick the same place two years in a row, but to plan ahead by naming a second location two years in advance. It's, I just wanted to clarify that for people if you were confused like I was. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and that is my understanding of the wording of it is yes. So that like today we would, we would vote to two locations for 2022 and 2023. Then in 2023, they'd vote for 2024 and 2025. And it does not have to be the same location. That is correct, Darian. Any other hands? Desiree? Desiree. Hello. Hello. Hey. Um, So we are asking for this change uh, because it will give us better deals on hotels in future with hotel costs rising and we're not expecting them to come down it'll it'll be and you know i know our treasurer is always looking at uh keeping our budget down um and with with hotel prices going up and the uh possible added costs incurred to host uh hybrid meetings where we're looking to reduce costs any way we can and and being able to plan two years out in advance to get that hotel hotel contract will allow for that okay thank you any other discussion yes wesley okay wes okay I, okay we understand it okay so like this today we are going to decide on the location for 2022 and 2023. But then I understand, do we wait till 2023 to decide on the next two locations or in 2022, would we be deciding on 2024? And then like 2023 between 25, you know, and, and we just could be decide on one, but two years ahead from then on. Is that correct? Or did this confuse everybody? Uh, sorry, sorry, Wes, I, I've been having, um... I just got a couple texts. As, as most of you know, I my dad's memorial services today, and somebody was just like, "Oh, great! What's the address?" So I I just uh, delegated that to my daughter. Um, can you make your comment again, please, Wes? Sorry about okay. that. Okay, what I was asking was okay. I understand. Like today, we are going to decide on the locations of our convention for 2022, 2023. And then, way the previous person puts, he said, like, we wait till 2023, then we decide 2024, 2025. Is that how it's going to be, or? 
that, that is um that is the way that the bylaw reads the the proposed bylaw change reads okay but what i have trying to figure out is today we could decide on both 2022 and 2023 if this bylaw passes yeah we that's what we would do and then um we would not do anything in 2022 but oh. in 2023, we would figure out for 2024 and 2025. Okay, so it's not in 2022. We're going to, going to decide on 2024 then. Correct. Yeah, not that's not. That. Yeah, like, the, 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 correct. The, okay. the wording of this proposed change is um, that that's correct. The wording of this proposed change is we decide two years at a time. Okay, so every two years we decide for the next two years instead of deciding we can decide for like this. So every year we decide on the, the location that's two years in the future. So uh, we do it every two years, and then we do do two at the two Correct. at once. Okay, thank you. Correct. Uh huh. So any John? other? Yes, thing? John. John. Sure. I think this is uh, a very appropriate uh, proposal. Other organizations I belong to who are planning conventions do it two years in advance because uh, it's tricky to arrange conventions nowadays. You need good lead time. Okay, great. Thank you. Is there any other comments? Yes, Jean Marie. Darian, is this the reason you voted no? Um, that now that it's been clarified, you're okay with it? Yes, um, that clarifies things for me, but I'm concerned, uh, but, and I don't know when it's appropriate to say this, so I'll say it now. When we establish committees and fight and and then discover that it's a two-year commitment or a two, it, 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 um, it reduces opportunities for other people who want to be involved. So if we decide again, when there's a new board to appoint committees, I would appreciate it if we clarify if it's a one-year or two-year term and at the beginning of each subsequent year that we still um, put something in the stylus or something encouraging people to um, volunteer to be involved. That, okay. Yeah. We didn't really realize that we could still be on committees when they were, we found out <laughs> after the fact that they were two-year committees. Okay. Yeah, All right. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Is there any other questions regarding the proposed bylaw change? I have one. Teresa. Yes, Teresa. Yeah. Well, I uh, did not understand that it was like every other year we deal with it. I thought we would, you know, this time pick if if it does pass, pick for twenty two and twenty three, and then in twenty two, pick for twenty four. So we'd always stay like a year ahead. Is what I understood it would be. So I guess that's not it. And that that's not the way it's currently worded. Um, that was my understanding of what Desiree was asking before um, reading this proposed bylaw change. Um, and I, I did have James get a hold of Desiree to try to get some clarification. James, are you on here? He is. Okay, star six should unmute you, He James. should be unmuted, actually. Okay, James? So what was the question, Madam Chair? Um, Teresa was mentioning that she thought that it was going to be that this year we would decide for 22 and 23. And then each year we make a decision for two years out. 
So instead of doing two at a time, we just do two this time and then each year vote, but not for the following year, the the two years out. And that's not the wording of this uh, proposed change. It is not. Biannual can be used to, to mean twice a year or once every two years. In this in this context, it's every two years. Subsequent meetings means every other time. So every other year, you'll vote to have your conventions um, for two years out. So in other words, in the second year, you won't uh, after this bylaw passes, you will not vote because it's already been determined. Unless another bylaw change happened next October. So, yeah. So, of course, if this was to pass today, we could then arrange for 22 and 23 convention sites. And then if another um, bylaw change was made next October to just return to voting, you know, every year, but it being two years out, then that could correct that. Hmm. Was that, that, which way was, does, oh, sorry, James, go ahead. Uh, I, I was gonna, that's true. You can change the bylaw to every annual meeting if it's proposed and voted on and adopted. Yeah. Yeah. So Tracy, you were going to ask Desiree oh, something? Just what was her intention with it is. Okay. My thought. Desiree. Hello. Hello. My intent was to this year vote for um, 22 and 23, and then in 23, we're, I mean, excuse me, and then in 22, we vote for 24, and then in 23, we vote for 25. So we've got two years, you know, we're we're planning Mm -hmm. two years ahead, not voting every two years, because that would just be weird. Well, it would sort of defeat the purpose in a way. And that's my point, that that wasn't yeah. how I meant it to be written. So so if we vote it down, would we have to wait another year, I guess, to redo the bylaws? Um, Fortunately, I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. so. So so that the, if it, it wanted to be corrected, like you're mentioning, Desiree, if this was voted in was approved then next october you'd want to bring a bylaw to change it to vote to to fix it so can we not amend it can we not amend this proposal and vote on it as amended really yeah we probably could yeah right yeah we could yeah okay we could do that well let's do that how do you do this jean marie yeah jean marie And I am, first of all, we are uh, for 22, unless someone's been doing research behind the scenes, and that could very well be true. We have like imaginary places that we want to go. Jean Marie, there has been some research done, and we'll talk about that at time to to place convention and all the COVID stuff. That'll all be taken up closer to the time. So, okay. um, So, my my thing is, can we do something with this bylaw so we don't have to keep doing it? I don't know okay. what the wording is, but that's my suggestion. Let's fix this one and be done with it. Okay. We were just talking about amending it. Yeah. So we need words. We need somebody to come up with the words for it. Go for it, Leonard. Okay, go for it. 
Actually, it's Mrs. No. Leonard, but that's okay. Mrs. Hi, Mrs. Yeah. Leonard. Hi, yeah. Deb. Hi, the other Deb. <laughs> My question is: Do we have any evidence that we will get better prices, better concessions, that it will be quote better unquote doing it this way? So, and if so, could someone talk about that? So I will. I will state that it is um, difficult. A few years ago when the convention was in Portland, they did have trouble getting a venue because a lot of the motels were already booked a year and a half out. Um, So some of the bigger cities, it's really hard to do it even a year in advance. So that fixes that. The other thing is um, when we're working with with a venue, they have the rates for now. So, you know, as we know, most of the time, as time goes by, rates are going to increase. Um, you know, so to me, locking that in at the current rate may be better. Um, Sue or James, I know you guys have done a lot of work on this. Do either of you able to speak to that? I'll let James speak to it. Okay, James. Well, we've never, in the past, we've never uh, locked in rates with a with a hotel because, for for the for the next meeting because we've never had it in the same place at, at, at consequent years. So this is a new thing. So I, I'm not sure. Yeah, how well, it and it wouldn't and necessarily at, be oh. the same location either. The way the bylaw change is worded. Um, yeah. But and uh, I just uh, reinforce what you're saying, Carrie. That when we call these locations, it's like they almost laugh at you, like you're way too late. To be scheduling anything for mm-hmm. for a year out, you know. This this is John Hamill. When we tried to schedule the last event in Salem, that was uh, subsequent to the last one in Portland. That was exactly what we ran into: was that half or more of the potential venues said we were too late. So, uh, mm-hmm. and and other organizations I belong to are experiencing the same thing. It's uh, and. And I, speaking to James' concern, I don't think the bylaws, bylaw change um, specifies that we're going to have the same location two years in a row, just that we pick two years in advance, which I think is a necessary thing if we want to have an orderly convention uh, process. This is Teresa, can I say? Yes, Teresa. Okay. So when we had the Portland one, they were really wanting us to book with them for two or three years, and then they would give us much better rates. We didn't end up doing that, but that's what they were really after wanting us to do with them. And I know, um, pretty sure our national and I know NFB national plans out, you know, like more than two years because of the getting better rates. So, um, you know, there is evidence um that that we're talking about that that says this this is accurate yeah and 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 i do um i do know that there are some chains hotel chains james has talked about this previously that you know if you sign up for example with holiday inn um it doesn't have to be at the same location but in that same chain over several years you can get discounted rates too madam president yes pat um i'm just curious doesn't it say in the bylaws somewhere else that 
when we're making a bylaw change that it has to be read three times over the course of the meeting before it can be acted upon in the business meeting? Because if that's the case, there can't be a bylaw change, I mean, an amendment to it because it's already been read into the recording of the presentation. Yeah, Can I address that, that Matt? Yes, thank you, James. Uh, it's always been the practice of, that we have done that, but you'd have to show me where it says so in the bylaw because it does not. Okay, thank you, James. Yep, thank you. Madam President? Yes, Leonard. Yeah, I've been waiting here a long time. Um, let this year be an example of what can happen. We lost our facility late in the year. Um, I'm opposed to the to the bylaw change and and um, we've uh, managed uh, a long time doing it one year in advance and the, where it's going to be those those chapters need to be involved as the convention committee and um, I would uh, be in favor of, of a no vote on this proposal. Okay, thank you. Is there any other comments, conventions? I mean, any other information? This is Deb um, Marinos, and yeah. I planned the 2003 convention in Salem. And I wanna respect the fact that these are extremely engaging for the volunteers to plan. It was like a crazy race. But, you know, if you think about chapters meet monthly, the final whatever wasn't until, I don't know, was it even the January meeting? They went to it and then they, you know, anyway, you couldn't really know what you were doing until April. And to get it all done in that amount of time, the, you know, as we talked about increasing membership, you're going to have to consider the fact that there are people who might be interested who have other lives and have jobs and can't do all-nighters and hurry up this and that. So I think that I hear some fear that we're going to make a mistake by booking a hotel out two years. And I think this group is smart enough, just like they proved over this last period to be able to flex in place and put on a great convention. So I'm thinking that having the chapter knows two years ahead Everybody knows it's not even two years. It's going to be like 18 months or whatever by the time things get settled. But it it just makes it um, kinder and more holistic. It can make the convention richer because you can get many speakers are going to be two years out. Many, many different things are more than six months because we're really talking about the difference between six months and 18 months to plan. So that's my, and I want to propose a comma, if we can change the bylaw, that just says, I don't know exactly where in the sentence, but a comma that just says in subsequent years, um, the vote will choose the convention site two years, or however you have it, just a comma in subsequent years, vote to convention site. Madam Chair? Does it not already say that? Um, I, th I think, uh, Sue, were you going to say something? 
I was going to speak to Leonard's concern. Um, okay. And I totally respect what Leonard is saying that we've managed to do it from year to year. And yes, we have. But I um, and I think we've done successful until we lost our hotel this year. But I respectfully want to point out that I think the whole hotel industry has changed, has evolved. And it's been the competition race that has driven this to um, to it force us to also comply and change with the nature of how we book hotels. Thank you. All right. So um, we either need if if somebody wants to make a proposed amendment change to this or a motion to accept the bylaws presented. I'd entertain any kind of motion surrounding that. So all of you who have been talking about this are still all unmuted. So, for example, John, you have your hand raised, but you are actually unmuted. So, so go ahead and um, talk, John. Oh, yeah. um, so you can. The, the, I'm not going you... to argue to the merits of the uh, uh, proposed amendment. I well, I, I guess I will. I'll repeat that I think it's a good one, but changing bylaws and and the wording in it is tricky. Let's just go ahead and pass the one that's been proposed and we've got a year then to figure out the wording change and, and offer it up as a, a correcting amend, um, correcting bylaw change for next year. That's, I think, how we ought to handle it. Okay, so John, are you making a motion to right. accept I, the- I move, I move we accept the uh, bylaw change as presented. All right, is there a second? I'll second it, I guess. All right, Jean Marie seconds it. Is there any further discussion? Okay, um, so I'll go ahead and call for a vote. Um, again, if you are opposed, please raise your hand. Do we have any raised hands? Yes. Yes. How, how many? So far, I see one, three, a two, three, three, three. and we're getting a few. Okay, so there, there's three, three. Okay, yes. motion carries. So um, that takes effect. So when we go to the convention side at the end of this, we will be voting on um, two sites, one for 22 and one for 23. So next up is the election of officers. And we'll go ahead and have Jeff play our nominations. My name is James Edwards, immediate past president of the American Council of Blind of Oregon. I'm presenting the slate of officers for this year's elections. For president, Carrie Muth. For first vice president, Leonard Kokel, incumbent, challenged by Tyanne Walmouth. Second vice president, John Hamill. Secretary, Cassie Trosper. Treasurer, Sue Swap. That's a list of nominees from the nominating committee for you to vote on for state officers. Thank you to Teresa Christian and Mona Huntley for being part of this process. Thank you. And because my name's on there, do I turn it over to you now, Leonard? I would think so. Okay. Leonard, take it away. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. This is an exciting time in our business meeting. And so um, we'll open the nominations for, for president. Uh, Carrie Muth is the incumbent. Do I hear any nominations from the floor? Uh, 
Darian has her hand up. Uh, I nominate Leonard Kokel. Do you accept? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Mixed emotions. Um, I think that um, considering what Carrie has done the last two years uh, in virtual and has been uh, cheated out of some in-person stuff and she has done very well for this organization. I I think I will deny that um, nomination. I really appreciate it. I would really like, it would be an honor to represent the American Council of the Blind of Oregon as your president. But for this session, I believe I will will not uh, accept that nomination. Thank you. There are no more hands, Leonard. Is there any other nominations from the floor? No hands. Any other nominations from the floor? No hands. Since there's no other nominations, um, the nomination for president will be closed and I will entertain a motion to accept Carrie's uh, by acc- uh, mm-hmm. by acclamation. Mary Lee. This is Mary Lee Turner, and um, I move that we um, that we vote Carrie Muth as our incoming president. And Deb, I believe it is. <laughs> I there second. You go. Deb seconded it. Oh, I didn't hear. Oh, she was pretty soft, but that's why I repeated it for you. Okay, thank, thank you. Okay, it's been a motion uh, made and seconded to elect Carrie Muth by acclamation. All those opposed, raise your hand. You have no hands. Okay, motion's carried, and Carrie is our uh, president for the next two years. Well, thank you. I am honored. Um, and I will say this has been a great couple of years, a big learning experience for me. And I really look forward to continuing as your president. So thank you for the faith you all have in me. <laughs> um, and thank you, Leonard, for running that part of the meeting. So our next office for election is first vice president. And according to our nominations report, the two names are Leonard Kokel and Tyann Wilmoth. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Any hands raised? Do I have to repeat that three times? Uh, yeah. Okay. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? Hearing none, nominations for first vice president are closed. Or do I have to have a motion for that? (laughs) (laughs) I had to pay more attention to when Leonard did this, right, you guys? Okay. So we have two um, nominees, Leonard Kokel and Tyann Wilmoth. And each of you are allowed two minutes to either speak for yourself or have somebody speak for you. 
Do we have somebody that can be a timekeeper? I can do it on my phone. Okay, great. Thank you, Sue. Mm -hmm. So, um, Leonard Kokel, do you have anybody to speak for you or do you want to speak for yourself? I believe James is going to speak for me. So. All right. So, Leonard Kokel has been a stalwart member of this organization for many, many years. He's been loyal, reliable, and hardworking. I believe that his his heart is in, with this organization as he has shown for um, over around 30 years, I believe. His experience and wisdom in, in the workings of this organization, organization are unquestionable and very, very um, reliable. So I would uh, consider, I mean, I strongly consider you all considering uh, voting for Leonard as the first vice president again. Thank you. Thank you. Was there still time, Sue? I don't know, Leonard, if that you want to. That was only 45 seconds. Okay. <laughs> Leonard, did you want to say anything else or have anybody else speak on your behalf? Mary Lee has her hand up. Would All right. Mary Lee. Go yes, well, that does. was on Am I off mute? You, you, you are, are good. Are, okay. are you wanting to speak on Leonard's behalf? But, uh, actually, I'm I'm happy to, but my hand was up to serve as the timer. So oh, oh, oh okay. you got that. Okay. But I will, since I have the floor, I'll say that um, all of my interactions with Leonard have been um, very constructive, you know, as we have as he handles the the phone, the um, uh, reservations for using the ACB conference line, he's really been on top of it. So I certainly support him uh, serving in the capacity of first vice president. All right. Thank you. All right. So, Tyann, um, do you want to speak for yourself or do you have somebody to speak for you? Um, Teresa Christian. Okay. So, Sue, you ready with the timer? Yes. All right. Go ahead, Teresa. Okay. So, Tyanne has been the treasurer of Metro PDX since 2012. She is currently my vice president. And as, when we had the first national um, virtual convention a year and a half ago, she at that point became very, very involved in national. And now she is the chair of the programs committee with NextGen and also on the um, PR committee. And she started teaching crochet classes and loom knitting classes and also doing Zoom hosting for the community call. So she's been very involved and really eager to gain leadership skills and, you know, put herself out there to, you know, rolling up her sleeves and getting her hands dirty. And, um, you know, we were talking yesterday quite a lot about mentoring people, and this would be an ideal person and an ideal time and setting to continue mentoring her in her leadership role. And I think that she would be really do well and be very dedicated as a vice president. So I think I think we should vote for her. All right, great. Thank you. Was there time remaining, Sue? Yes, that was only one minute, 15 seconds. Okay, Tyann, did you have anybody else you'd like to speak for you or you speak more for yourself? Um, nope. Okay, 
All right, great. So we usually do these um, anonymous. So Deb Cook Lewis, do you need to demote us all out of the panelists down to the? I suppose we do. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, Realize you may never get back up there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hi, I'm back. <laughs> all right. So what we're going to do is do this by a show of hands. And so we will, you will vote for either Leonard Kokel or Tyanne Wilmoth. And so um, once everybody's hands are raised, we'll have Deb give us a number of people whose hands are raised and we'll first, and then we'll let her lower them all and then we'll do it for Tyanne. So Mm-hmm. First, if you're voting for Leonard Kokel, please raise your hand. And please don't lower them until I tell you that you can, because Zoom is sometimes just a little bit slow. So I'll wait till they have definitely paused. And they're still coming up. And they have still come up. And it looks looks stable now. Okay. Wait a moment while I do that. No, and I need to wait for them to go down. And you don't want me to tell you the total till we finish, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, okay. And... Oh, don't raise your hands, y'all. Okay, yeah. Yeah, don't don't push anything, anybody. She's getting them all lowered, so then we can do the They look good. Okay, you can take the opposed now. Okay, so now those voting for Tyanne Wilmoth, please raise your hand. So it's not opposed, it's a no, no, four choice. Yeah, four, <laughs> choosing four tie in. Tie in. exactly. <laughs> and, and Deb, maybe when you're done, you could just text me or email me the number of votes, yes, for yes, each thing. So that'd I be could. great. I mean, I'll let you say who. Yeah. I'll probably email you. That's a little quicker for me. Oh, no, okay. I can text you. Your phone number's right in here because you've been texting me. So, yeah, either way, whichever. Okay. Um, all right. This looks stable now. Okay. So, you have a count. Uh-huh. So, okay. James Edwards, I do have a question it's just a majority simple majority rules james or leonard if one of you guys can raise your hand and have her um let you unmute i think it's a simple majority rules i don't think it has to be yeah yes it's just a majority yes Oh, it's, not a majority. Yeah, it is the one that gets the most vote is the winner okay that's what i thought i didn't think it had to be by a certain percentage or nothing thank you all right okay right Okay. okay, so yeah, hold on. I'm going to text you this. I can let you uh, announce our winner. <laughs> do you want me to do that and then just text yeah. you the numbers? Yeah, oh, that'd be great. Okie dokie. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay, it's it's Leonard. 
Okay, so Leonard, Leonard won. So Leonard, would you like to say anything? Well, thank you, everyone. It's a, it is really a, a pleasure to serve this organization and 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 I always strive to do the best I can for this organization and and uh, I do appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Thank you, Leonard. All right, our next office is second vice president and we currently have John Hamill as one um, person running. Are there any nominations from the floor? Any hands raised? Uh, yes, Chris, uh, Teresa. Teresa, okay, Teresa. I would like to nominate Tyann. Okay, and Tyann, do you accept that nomination? Tyann, you're unmuted. Yes. Okay. All right. So now we have John Hamill and Tyann Wilmoth for the position of second VP. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Yes. We have a raised hand. Just a step I would yeah, like Deb. to. I would like to nominate Darian Slayton Fleming. Okay. And Darian, do you accept that nomination? Thank you, Deb, for that nomination. Um, but I'm going to decline. I do appreciate the um, opportunity to have served on the board since 2012 or 2013. Um, I've had some challenges and um, I'm, I'm opting to take a break for a couple of years. Thank you. Thank you, Darren. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Do I have to start all over with three times? Are there any other nominations no. from the floor? <laughs> any other hands raised? Uh, Deb's was, but I think that was from before. Okay. Nope, doesn't look like we have any new hands. All right, great. Hearing none, no nominations are closed. And so, um, because John was the one from the nominations committee, I'm going to go ahead and ask you first, John, do you have somebody... You want to speak for you or you're going to speak for yourself? I have not arranged for anyone to speak for me in advance, um, though if someone wants to, I'll certainly be willing to, to hear them. Um, I'll start by speaking for myself, if that's all right. That it, That is perfectly acceptable. Sue, you... Okay, then. Keep in um, the... the just a second. <laughs> Sue, are you ready? Hello. Hi. Are you ready with the stopwatch? I am ready. I am ready. Awesome. All right, John, go for it. Okay. Um, since uh, some of you may not know me, uh, I'm John Hamill, the president of the Willamette chapter. Um, and uh, my preference generally is to work at the local level. Um, and this is my first run for uh, a state uh, position. Um, but I have found that at the local level, two things that are germane here. One is that at the chapter level, one thing that we lack is depth, that we need to continue to develop um, new people for leadership positions. And it occurred to me at, at long last that this also applies at the state level. We need more depth in leadership in order to confront the the uh, changed circumstances that we find ourselves in nowadays. Second thing I found at the local level was that in order for the local chapters to perform effectively, they can't do it alone. It's got to be 
within the context of the organization at, uh, at large, uh, the state and national level. So um, I'm offering myself for second vice president. I'm a good team player. I want to be on the team. And that's my uh, statement. Oh, and I'd appreciate your vote. Thank you. Um, and Tyanne, do you want somebody to speak for you again? Yes, um, Desiree Christian. All right, Desiree. I know Tyanne is young. I know she's younger than a lot of you, but she has been working hard to. I am. Someone's talking. Yeah. She has been working really hard to uh, learn and grow. And I've watched her blossom from being um, pretty shy and introverted to, you know, now she's serving on a few different committees at national level. Um, she is chair of one of those committees. Um, you know, she's been serving as, you know, an executive board member for our local chapter for many years. Um, and I'd really like to see her have the opportunity to, um, represent the younger generation and uh, be guided by the wisdom and experience of our current board members because they've been doing it a really long time. Um, and I, you know, how, how are, how are our younger generation going to learn and grow if we don't have opportunities to participate uh, at the state level? So please be awesome. Everybody, regardless of who you vote for. Thank you. Is there still time, Sue? Uh, yes, uh, 30 seconds. Tyann, do you want to say anything more or have somebody else? Uh, Jean Marie. Okay, Jean Marie. Hello, I've worked with Tyann on the Convention Planning Committee um, oh, at least two years. This is the second year, and I think it would be good to have, um, I think strengthening leadership skills is always a good thing. Thank you. Thank you. All right, great. <clears throat> so we're going to go ahead and go into our vote. So this is when you, again, as you raise your hand, you'll vote for either John Hamill or Tyann Wilmoth. And because, hey, Tyann, is it Wilmoth or Wilmath? Wilmoth. Wilmoth. Okay, a soft A, like I say it. Yes. Okay, thank you. Just want to make sure because I've heard it pronounced both. Thank you. All right, so first, um, first, if you want to vote for John Hamill, please raise your hand. <gasps> okay, right. I think we have a solid number. So let me okay. lower that. So if you're voting for Tyanne Wilmoth, raise your hand. Yes, we've got them. Okay, great. And so who is our incoming second vice president? Tyann. Tyann Wilmoth. Great. Tyann, oh. would you like to say anything? <laughs> well, thank you for uh, voting for me. And I hope to learn a lot while I am serving on the board. Thank you. The next office for election is secretary. 
And we have our interim secretary up for nomination, Cassie Trosper. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor for the position of secretary? Are there any other nominations from the floor? For oh, there secretary? is now a hand. Okay, a hand. Okay. So I would like to nominate John Hamill. Okay. And John, do you accept that nomination? Um, yes, I guess I do. <laughs> secretary can be hard. I've been secretary in other organizations successfully. I'll undertake it for OCD as well. Okay. All right. So that's two. Um, are there any other nominations from the floor? Any hands? No. Here, okay. No other hands. We'll say nominations are closed. So we have Cassie Trosper and John Hamill, um, both running as secretary. So Cassie Trosper, do you have somebody to speak for you? Or are you going to speak for yourself? I was not planning to have anyone speak for me. So um, I guess I could. Then if there's time left over, if someone else would like to say something, they could. Um, so I am. Okay, just a second. Sue, are you ready? Oh, for sorry, time? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Okay, go ahead, Cassie. Okay, so I am currently the interim secretary um, that I've, I've been doing this for a couple months now, I think. Um, I am also the chapter secretary for the Southwestern chapter. Um, I actually have a lot of secretary experience. It's been my um, role of choice, per se. Um, I really enjoy taking the notes and keeping up with the records. Um, I am secretary in a couple of other, other positions within ACB as well. Um, and so I'm, I've really enjoyed being interim secretary and being able to do my part for the ACB of Oregon board. And hopefully um, everyone else has uh, liked my work so far. Thank you. There's still time, Sue? Yes, that was 40 seconds. Okay. Does anybody <laughs> else want to talk on uh, Cassie's behalf? Yes, Darian has her hand up. Hello. I would like to speak on Cassie's behalf with her permission. That, that okay, Cassie? So I just want to say that, um, you know, Cassie stepped up to the plate when we really needed someone. And she has also been working behind the scenes to help with fundraising and the auction. And I think she's been on the convention committee. Um, and she also sent me a fundraising suggestion um, while I was fundraising chair, which we didn't get to, and I apologize for that. But what I see is um, Cassie uh, stepping up to the plate, um, really being conscientious about reaching out to the board and um, asking for feedback and and um, just really doing her job well and following up and double checking. So she's very gracious when uh, corrections need to be made to minutes. And I encourage you to vote for Cassie. Let's keep her on the board. As long as we're talking about mentoring, she is one of our younger people too. And um, so I encourage you to vote for Cassie. Thank you. And John, do you um, want to speak for yourself or have somebody to speak for you in this position? Um, if anyone else wishes to, that'll be fine, but I'll go first. It won't take long. 
Okay. Um, heard what I said before. Uh, I have been a successful secretary in other organizations, and I'm willing to undertake this task for Oregon ACB. I'm a good team player. I think I'd be uh, a good addition to the board. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And does anybody else want to speak on John's behalf? I'll speak again. Go ahead, Sue. Okay. John is currently the uh, president of our Willamette chapter. And I think he's brought a lot of new interest and um, definitely reaches out to um, people who are and brought in as new members too, to our chapter. Um, John has a lot of experience and depth, as he said, um, with contacts that he has in the community um, and has uh, been inspiring in, I think, new ideas that uh, he brings to our chapter with uh, fundraising and just uh, field trips and things like that. I just really admire his enthusiasm, I guess is what I'm saying. So I encourage you to vote for John. Great. Thank you so much. So again, are all hands down, Deb? Yes, they are. Great. So if you are going to cast your vote for Cassie Trosper, please raise your hand. Guys, no, these are hard decisions. <laughs> yes. We have some excellent candidates. <laughs> hard decisions. All right. I'm going to call that. Okay. All right. So all of those voting for John Hamill, please raise your hand. Do you have the results? Yeah, I do. Okay. So who is going to be our incoming secretary? I don't know because it's a tie. Ooh, ah. it's a tie. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe in tie situations, we allow both to speak again and then we re-vote. Um. If I am incorrect, somebody will tell me that. So um, in honor of that, Cassie, do you have some? Would you like to speak for yourself again, or have somebody speak on your behalf? I guess um, I could speak a little bit, and then once again, I can give permission if there's anybody else who would like to speak on my behalf. Okay, Sue, so are you ready? We'll we'll think she's so efficient. I'm sure our timekeeper is ready. Go ahead, Cassie. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> once again, um, I would like to reiterate that um, I have really enjoyed my short couple of months working with the board. Um, I have worked with most of the board in the past before I was actually in the secretary position, but um, I, I do like the the mentorship feel. I have had people reach out even from nationals, um, giving me some feedback, and it's all constructive, constructive criticism that you know it's taken very well. Um, and I just, I just really like participating in the board and helping make some of these decisions and, and being able to give my input to hopefully help, um, ACB of Oregon grow more in the future. Great. Thank you. Is there time left, Sue? Yes. 40. Okay. Uh, whoops. Stop, stop, stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say a, a minute and 20 seconds again. Okay. Do you have, would somebody else like to speak on Cassie's behalf? Jean Marie. Okay. Jean Marie. 
<clears throat> I just want to say I respect John Hamill a lot. Um, and I'm sure that this would be a very hard decision, but I, the reason I think Cassie would be so good is that she did step up in the middle of a time when we really needed it. And I have to say, she's one of the most patient and accommodating people I've worked with ever. Um, I'm a tracker for the auction and I've got real technological issues. And she went out of her way to make sure that I could do my job this afternoon um, quite easily. And I really appreciate everything. I don't know she gets so much done in such a short time. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It takes me, it's, she's just quite willing to really do what it takes for um, the rest of us to be able to participate. And I really appreciate all you've done. So thank you so much. Great. Thank you. All right. So, John, do you want to speak some more? Or have somebody else to speak for you? Um, I'll speak. I can I think I can. Okay. Uh, I can speed this process right along. Uh, okay, I, go ahead. I think Cassie deserves uh, a lot of praise for having stepped in to a difficult job uh, at trying times. And I think the organization as a whole would do well to reward her for her efforts. So I'm going to withdraw in her, in her favor. Well, thank you. That's, so Cassie, do you have anything to say? Well, well, okay. In response to John's withdrawal, I guess that, that means we still have to do a vote. We still need a, a thing. Um, so maybe we should just do a vote. But first of all, I need to apologize for the noise while I go because I just needed to stretch and growl. And it, <laughs> <laughs> I've been sitting here for an awful long time. Um, I think you need to ask for nominations one more time. Okay. All right. So now we're down to Cassie Trosper running for secretary. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? I move right, that nominations right, cool. be closed and we accept Cassie by acclamation. Thank I'll you. Yeah. Great. We have a motion made by Darian, seconded by Leonard, that nominations be closed and Cassie be accepted by acclamation. Anybody opposed to that motion, please raise your hand. Are there any raised hands? No, there are not. Great. Motion carries. Cassie, would you like to say anything? <laughs> sure. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to the membership of ACB of Oregon. And thanks to Darian and Jean Marie for speaking on my behalf. That was really sweet of you guys. Um, and I look forward to serving on the ACB of Oregon board. Um, hopefully for as long as you guys will have me. So thank you. Thank you. All right, the next office we are voting in as treasurer and um, we have Sue Schwab running in that position. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? No. Are, are there any other nominations from the floor? Mm -hmm. I'd entertain a motion. Yes, Leonard. I make a motion, this Jean uh, Marie, that we I, accept. Uh, Jean Marie Leonard has the floor. Leonard, oh. go ahead. I move that the 
let the nominations be closed and that Suswa be elected by acclamation. I right. seconded it. It's okay. Jean Marie. Perfect. So we have a motion made by Leonard and seconded by Jean Marie. All opposed, please raise your hand. Anybody opposed to this motion signify by raising your hand if you're a no vote? And we do not have any votes. Okay, perfect. That's what I wanted to make really sure on this one that we All didn't. All right. Yeah. Okay, Sue, congratulations. Any words of wisdom? Uh, words of wisdom? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't intend this. Uh, we don't in, didn't intend this to be a family uh you know, position for life, but uh, <laughs> I work treasurer works that way. Yeah, I I volunteer for several nonprofits, and this is one that I enjoy. I think the most, mainly because of the history I know. Um, however, I would like to encourage our discussion that we've had through this weekend of mentorship, and it can be done. And I am totally open to mentoring anybody who would like to um, be interested in picking up this position in the future. Great. Thank you so much. Sure. And I, I will state, according to our bylaws, offices take effect January 1st. Um, we traditionally do the swearing in of the offices at our January board meeting. Um, but I will say our bylaws state January 1st. So I guess new offices have to take place January 1st, but we will do a swearing in in our January board meeting. Thank you. So we have two more things on the agenda and we either need to go quickly or part of it's going to be turned over to my first VP because I need to be out of here um, to get to my dad's memorial by a specific time. The next thing up is select people to go to the DC leadership training. Um, I have gotten a little bit of information on that. It is going to be, they're, they're trying to go hybrid this year. Of course, we know travel plans can change at the last minute because of restrictions. Um, it, it is supposed to be, it's at a new motel. Um, it's supposed to be March 11th through the 15th. And so traditionally, I think um, there's a certain dollar amount in our budget to do that. Sue? Um, um, I know yeah. traditionally it's been like 3,000 and we've gone as many as three people. However, as we learned last year, especially, it costs more to go. Um, so I don't know if people are interested in attending in person or if we wanted to try to maybe have, I, I would love to go as your president. And I think that's in my president's budget anyway. Um, but so if, we have, you know, we have an additional three, uh, $1,000 besides your president's budget. Okay. 1000 for the lead for that. Okay. For the, yeah. Okay. So I don't know if we wanted to see if somebody else wanted to go in person or if we wanted to do like we did last year and pay for multiple members um, registration fee to to do the virtual component. Jean Marie Sorry. has her hand up, but she you can unmute. You okay, Jean Marie. Hi, Carrie. I I just uh, think you should go <laughs> for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I plan to. So the discussion is: Do we want to? 
you know, vote in somebody else? Is anybody else interested in going in person or should we offer to pay registration fees for those attending virtually? Any discussion, thought? Uh, John, your hand is up and you can talk. Okay, um, John. Sure. My suggestion would be that we um, pay the registration fee for virtual registrations. That way more of us can attend. Okay. Are, are you putting that as a motion? Yeah, that's a motion. Okay. Okay. Is there a second? Yes. This is okay. Jean Marie. I second it. All right. So we have a motion made by John, seconded by Jean Marie, that we pay registration fees for people to join virtually this year um, for the leadership training. Is there any other discussion? Yes. Yes, Desiree. I mean, Darian, sorry. <laughs> so would that mean that we would not send anybody in person or could we also send Carrie since she has that interest and it would be nice to have a personal presence? Are we... Does that negate yes. sending Carrie? Um, I I do not believe so because no. I have my own budget item that's separate. So I would still be able to go under my presidential budget. Is that and correct? The, correct. The, motion, the motion's intention was to um, not impact Carrie's ability to go just just spend the remainder for uh, other folks who wanted to go virtually. Okay. All right. Any other discussion? Mona Hi. and the Kellys. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to second the motion. Okay. Oh, okay. It was already seconded. Okay. So, um, and I think Pam. Yes. Thank you. Um, first of all, I think it's great that Carrie's going to go, but I think Carrie, you need to have a, an under a secondary person in case something happens and you are unable to attend. I think it's, really important to have somebody designated as, uh, and I know there's a term for it. It's just alternate. Not alternate. alternate. That's it. That's it. I think that we also need to make sure that an alternate is also included in the budget or however that works, um, as a suggestion. Okay. Thank you. Um, and this is Jean Marie, who was that just speaking? That's Pam DeYoung. She's one of the Southwestern chapter members. Oh, is there thank you. Is there any other discussion? Marja? Yeah, Marja. Yes, I, I just wanted to add because I have gone three years in a row and it is honestly one of the most impactful things I've ever done in my life. And one of the things about sending more than one person is you can have conflicting appointments with senators and with representatives. So it's good to have more than one person who can cover more territory. Thank you. Teresa. And, Teresa. Okay. Um, can we, can we send two people and still have some other, other people do it virtually? Cause I, you know, I um, did it virtually last year and I was James and I worked together to um, make that happen. We had 14 people participating. There's no way, you know, we could send that many people or even half of that many people. So to me, it seems like if we could send 
you and I agree with what Pam's saying about an alternate, um, but also be able to include other people virtually because that really did have an impact the for hybrid. The, yeah. the 14 of us to be able to do that, you know, and not only allowed the you know, higher number of people too, but really got an education about how the whole thing worked. And we were also, I think, able to talk to more senators than previously had happened in person. I think we got yes. to talk to five, five different people. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, okay. that's my two This is Jean Marie. Uh, yes, Jean Marie. Um, well, the other thing is, if that happens, I was, I was ready to go to that thing and I paid my own registration, and that ended up working against because Sue didn't know it or somebody didn't know it. Oh, and well, so yeah. We have to and make sure there's clarity. Yeah. This is sure. Darian. This, yeah. is, this yes, is Mary Lee. Okay, we're going to do Darian and then Mary Lee. <laughs> Darian? You know what? Anybody can go on your own dime. And it's awesome if you really want to do it. I went with John one year. He paid my way to go. And it's a great experience. And, you know, I think it would be nice to have somebody go with Carrie. It's not, I know Carrie is very outgoing and everything, but it's nice to have someone to be with. Okay. Thank you. And Mary Lee. Sorry. I've been, I've had my hand up for quite a while. So some people are not, uh, they're just speaking, even though they don't raise their hands. So um, my point is that if, if Darian, I mean, if Carrie has it in her budget uh, as our, our uh, president to go, if she's unable to go, um, she can, I'm guessing, is it correct that you could still use Carrie, you could designate somebody else to go in your stead using your funds, which would allow the, the rest, <laughs> that would allow the rest of the money to be used to pay for folks going virtually yes i believe that's been our past practice i think it okay. has happened yeah and, and i would like to make a couple of comments um i i agree it is kind of fun to go with someone um and i was able to go in 2020 and i was so thankful that james was there and i actually had a sighted friend that met up with <laughs> me and um you know that was very helpful being pretty much totally blind um it was very helpful having a sighted person go. Um, I will let you guys know my daughter is willing to travel um, to help with that sighted person issue. Um, part of that is, it, you know, it does get expensive. And of course, she'd share my room or whatever. Um, but, you know, I think it would be great. I, I do have a question. If we were to let another member go, considering all the COVID restrictions and all that, is anybody willing or interested in traveling and going in person? Yes. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, since I interrupted, I will use this because like Mary Lee, I've been sitting here waiting patiently to speak as other people just jumped in. Um, so I don't know, gosh, for the last two years or more, Carrie and I have had intermittent discussions about um, going to the leadership and legislative conference um, that happens. And she's asked me multiple times, are you interested? Yes, yes. And out of those conversations, what I heard a lot was that it was really helpful. 
leadership. Training. Okay, somebody's t somebody has background noise. Go yeah. ahead, Desiree. Um, that it was really helpful to go with James because he'd done it before, so she could learn the ropes. And I'm hoping that something similar um, can start happening. You know, it goes along with, I guess, today's theme is, is mentoring, mentorship. So, you know, if somebody else that hasn't gone, um, you know, goes with her and, the, and, and we are uh, in agreement to, to that as, as a state, it means we're training other people to go. So, you know, if we'd had already been doing this and we needed an alternative, alternative if that person had already gone and started learning the ropes, they might have a better chance at being successful in navigating the place. So, okay, great. Thank you. So I will say there's been a lot of discussion. It sounds like there is interest in somebody also going and also having the funds to pay registration for the virtual component. Um, so how much is in our budget for the leadership training? Let's see. Um, our ACB legislative meeting is 1,000. Our Oregon uh, leadership training is 2,500. But that's for the Oregon leadership training. Yeah, is that the Oregon legislator? That's not the mid-year president's yeah, national? No, we don't have anything other than the legislative meeting support. Because... Oh, okay. That has been combined, I thought, in your trip. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I thought um, in previous years, I thought there was like a three thousand dollar line item for that, and maybe I didn't scour the proposed budget. <laughs> well, the ACB um, legislative meeting support has been three thousand dollars in the past. Okay, um, we de decreased it because for the last two COVID years, we haven't been spending course that much okay yeah so yeah. we if you want to um consider that you're rolling into some other part of the budget to send a second person we could do that okay that would be the understanding okay all right so we do have um a motion on the floor that is to pay um, the hybrid, I mean, the virtual registration fees for members that's been seconded. And there's been a lot of discussion around um, the importance of that, which I, I totally agree. That is very important. Like Teresa said, there was a great um, aspect from that last year. We also have the interest of somebody else willing to go as an alternate and the need, um, the express concerns for that. So I know we do Madam have the president. Yes, Darian. Are we still having discussion on the motion? Um, yeah. Go ahead, Please, Darian. Wes. Okay, Wes, just a second. Darian and then Wes. Go ahead, Darian. So my question is, I, I think we need to vote on the motion, but then um, would we have the opportunity to discuss who wants to go as an alternate, and um, I'd like to nominate someone if we okay. do. Yeah, and, and the motion currently is just um, to pay the 
virtual registration fees is the current motion. That doesn't mean there couldn't be a second motion regarding this. Um, Wes. How much are the virtual registration fees? It's not set yet. When I talked to them, they mentioned a $50 registration fee. I think last year it was like 25 or something. Um, I don't remember. Um, And that $50 registration fee may have been for the in-person fee. So it has not been set. Oh, okay. So the motion is, are we going to cover, are we going to do only personal, only virtual registration fee in lieu of saying people in person? Or is so it, actually, um, John, can you restate your motion or Cassie, do you have the wording right. of it? I'm willing to restate it. The Great, motion, what the motion was to dedicate that money to um, pay virtual registration fees for as many people as we're interested in going. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I can let you know last year it was $20 a piece and we paid for 11 people. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So we have a motion Madam on President, the Yes, Leonard. We can amend the motion <clears throat> by having the words and a um, second person to attend in person. Okay. So, John, would you accept that? Oh, I need a second to my amendment. Oh, okay. Do we have a second to Leonard's amendment? I'll second it. Okay, so we have a second by Darian. So, John, do you no, accept that amendment? No, he doesn't have to accept it. Oh, he doesn't have then, to. No. Okay. That's okay. The motion so now. That's okay. Now. Okay. So now my motion is to accept the amendment. Correct. No, to accept the motion, which is to send. Uh, the balance in, in uh, virtual for virtual plus then one person, one additional person. In okay. Okay. So we vote on the total motion with yep. the amendment. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, All right. I, dis- I disagree. I think a point of order. I think we vote on the amendment. That, that's did. what I thought. No, we, we didn't do a vote on it yet. Oh. Yeah, so we have to vote on the amendment oh, first. You're, okay, you're thank right. you. Okay, right, that's John, what I thought. Okay, you. all right. So we're going to vote on the amendment to add um, Point of order. to send. Um, yes, James. Uh, the, the maker of the motion does have to accept the amendment. If he so requires, he can. He can. He can deny his the amendment to his motion oh, if he so desires. In the Leonard, I think so. That's the way we've always done it. I believe that's what Robert Rule says. Okay, John, do you accept the friendly <laughs> amendment? John, I, do you um, ex- I am uncertain just what the amendment is. I'd like to hear it restated. The amendment was to add to your motion and to send one additional person. In person. So it's to add to add the words and send one additional person to in person. Person in person. <laughs> and if that one person in person accounted for the entire two thousand dollars in the budget, then none of it would be left for uh, 
virtual registrations for other persons. I reject the amendment. I uh, fail to accept the amendment. Let's vote on the amendment and see. Okay. If you want to clean up the wording, you could have an alternate, send an alternate in person. Okay. Well, we have we have the, the, the wording for the amendment and we're going to go ahead and vote on the amendment and then we go back to the motion. So the amendment Madam, Madam is... Madam Chair, Madam Chair, excuse me, Madam Chair, but point of order, the amendment has been rejected. There's no reason to vote on the amendment. You need to just vote on the, the original motion now. The amend, in other words, the okay. maker of the motion did not the amendment, right. so there's no reason to Okay. All right, so we'll go back to the original motion from John, which was to pay the registration fee for the virtual component for members to attend. All right, all in, um, we're going to say all opposed, please raise your hand. So, Deb, do you have a count? Are they still fluctuating? Probably. There are five hands. Five hands to deny the motion. To and deny the many, motion. And how many people do we have in here? Way uh, we have that. 26. Okay, so the motion carries. The, so we will be paying. 25 the, now. We've lost 20. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, but the motion carries to yes. pay for the um, virtual registration. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Is there any other discussion on this um, legislative? stuff all right the next item on our agenda is to it's 12 11 i have 20 minutes um select the convention site for for the next two years and um so i'm going to give some information i know that the southwestern chapter did express interest and so I did reach out to the Mill Casino where we had it in 2017. Um, and they do have the availability. It'd be very similar as last year. And the room rate for participants would be $150 a night. The other um, research I did is when I was in um, Springfield, Eugene, um, when my dad passed away recently, I ended up staying at the Holiday Inn Express in Springfield. And wow, their new person doing their events happens to be Joy Laird from the old Village Green in Cottage uh -huh. Grove. <laughs> so how ironic was that? Um, so she did look into this. And I, I remember a few years ago, James had issues because um, as many of you know, in Eugene, if it's a duck home game weekend, the rates are higher. And so what she and I discussed was setting aside two potential weekends next October, the weekend that includes the third Saturday is the 14th to the 16th and the weekend after. And then once the duck schedule is released, which is usually January, but with COVID last year, it was March. So we would know probably by April, which weekend it would be for sure. Um, then we would, you know, get that for sure. The room rates for motel rooms, if it's a duck weekend or $199 a night, if it's a non-duck weekend, it's $129 a night. So great incentive to go on a non-duck weekend. Yes. How, I mean, 
unless they get a buy, they play almost every weekend. But they, but they usually, yeah, their home games are usually every other weekend. Okay. Yeah, that's why he has his hand up. Okay, Pat. Yes, I'd like to make a motion. Okay. I'd like to make a motion that the 2022. Oh, hang on, hang on, Pat, just a second. Just a second, Pat. Before we have a, a motion, is there any other discussion from anybody on any proposed sites? Because we will be doing 22 and 23. Carrie, did you have anything else to share? Because I did interrupt your presentation. Um, no, that was it. So does anybody have their hand raised about? Most of them are actually unmuted. So most oh, of okay. them can talk. Can talk. Okay. So if you find you can't and you want to, you can raise your hand, yeah. but otherwise. Okay. Madam President. Yeah, Leonard, did maybe, you maybe maybe I can kind of address James? I think when we worked on that motel before that the the restaurant facilities, the stuff for the food wasn't. Oh, for the Pony Express. Um, the that, holiday. Holiday. Yeah. yeah, holiday. Inn Express. OK, yes. That. Thank you. That reminded me what Darian mentioned my presentation. So. I, when I did, was talking to Joy, they do have a, a pretty extensive breakfast um, buffet that they do. And then they have caterers that they work with all the time that come in there. So they actually, she actually can send us um, preferred caterers. We could choose to do whatever. So, you know, for the convention attendees, it's not going to mean much, um, be much different than if the motel was doing the catering themselves. It just means that um, Sue and I will be working with a caterer to sign an agreement. Um, but these preferred caterers are used to going in and out of there all the time um, for different events. But it does give us a lot of flexibility on what we choose to do for meals. So Mary Lee's hand is up. Okay, Mary Lee. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes. Okay. I'm just curious, and I'm sorry if it was said, I know that sometimes it's a challenge when we meet at the same time as uh, the state NFB convention. Do we know when that is and have taken that into consideration? We do not know when that is. And, you know, what that's their decision, too. Um, I know it has been a problem in the past for some people, but, you know, okay. we can't you, always you, schedule our own around them. So oh, thank I you know, for that's, that. I'm just, a yeah. simple yes or no works. Okay, I was just yeah. curious. Yeah, I have no idea. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. So I'll go back to Pat Wallace. You were going to make a motion? Yes. Thank you. Are you ready? Thank yes. Thanks for your patience. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no problem. So my motion is to um, have the 2022 um, and 3 convention somewhere in Eugene and have the um, board and members of chapters that um, pick whatever weekend and work out the details um, somewhere in that location because it works real well for everybody to get to that location. And if we're helping people with um, lodging and with um, getting transportation there, it would make it more even all the way around for anyone who was needing assistance. Okay, so you're making a motion that both the 2022 and 23 conventions be in the Eugene area. Yes, please. Okay, is there a second? 
Hearing none, that motion dies. Are, are there any? And we can take each year individually. So we could do a 22 and then do a separate motion for 23 if you guys choose. Do I have any motions? Yes. Okay, this Darian. is Mary Lee. Okay, wait. Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, my hand was up to second the motion. Okay, was it? Okay, all right. Yeah, it didn't come up, though, until after uh, the way Zoom was oh, working. Okay. It didn't come up till after Carrie declared that there wasn't. So, yes, it okay. is up now. Okay, so I'll, I'll be a little more patient on my second. <laughs> Thank you, um, Mary Lee. So, our motion is not dead. So, our motion is to hold the both the 22 and 23 conventions in the Eugene area. Is there any further discussion? Go ahead, Wes. I'm just going to say, uh, I think, just I'm kind of going to kind of thing to like about with past proposals. I kind of like the variety of, you know, different places. So I'm all for okay. me do the mail one year, then do the Eugene the next. Okay. Thank you. Any other, all right. Any other hands for comments? Mary Lee, go ahead. I, um, is yeah. it appropriate to make the, make the same motion that just got declined? Oh, no, it's not um, declined. I, I went okay. ahead and react, reactivated the motion, Mary Lee, because we were having Zoom difficulties. Oh, okay. So the motion is active to hold both 22 and 23 conventions in Eugene. Right. And so what, other? Do we, what do we need to pass that motion? Do we need a second? No, uh, it's all right. You, you, seconded. you already seconded it. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Are there any other hand, hands raised? Okay, okay Sue. Sue, go for it. Okay. I would like to, uh, uh, I know we have a motion that's uh, seconded. The discussion would be that I uh, agree that I think we need to unlink the two years, not have both years in Eugene. And here is my my thoughts. Um, Eugene would be a good one to go to next year because it is easy. Um, we would get attendance there pretty good probably. But my experience has been when we've been at the mill in Coos Bay, even though it's more difficult to get to, um, we have excellent attendance because the mill is such a good facility um, and fun to be at. We have the opportunity to work on um, gathering money to help uh, fund and support either transportation or lodging at the mill. Um, and that would be two years out. However, being two years out, maybe it would be a good idea to secure it now so the rate wouldn't go any higher. And I bet that um, in, two, in two years from now, the Springfield Holiday Express would also be higher. So rates are probably a good idea to lock in for two years out. Madam Chair. Yes, Darian. So if you disagree, then if, if you think that two years in the same place is not um, what you want to do, then we have to vote this motion down. Correct. Or amend it. Madam President. No. Yes, Pat. I would like to amend my motion and just say that we pick two locations for the next two years. It does not need to be in Eugene. Okay. So, so Pat, do you just want to withdraw your, your first motion then? That's probably yeah. the cleanest. Okay. Yeah. All right. The first so, motion um, was so withdrawn. That, Go ahead, Pat. So, 
So my motion is then is that the board and members in the organization um, work on the committee to have our um, next convention in 2022 in Eugene and the following year will be determined. Okay, is there a second to Pat's motion? I'll second that. Okay, Sue seconds that. All right, any further discussion? Yes. All right, Darian. It kind of goes against what the bylaw we just accepted um, to, to do that because we said that we would select two years even if they weren't in the same location. So it doesn't, um, Darian, I'm going to interrupt you, sorry, but um, it doesn't exactly go against the bylaw because the bylaw does state that if the membership does not determine the, the location, then the board makes that just determination. So with his being the 23 convention being determined by the board, that kind of repeats what's in the motion anyway. Madam President. Yes, Teresa. And also that it, that does not preclude taking a second vote on where the second year can be. No. That is true. That is true. Okay. All right, Wes. Yes, uh, I would like to suggest offering the Oral Hall Park facility as a possible location for, okay. you know, a future meeting. Okay. Thanks, Wes. Jean Marie. Thank you. Jean Marie. I am, uh, I think what, what I would like to see happen is because we have two places that have been investigated that 2022 be in Eugene and 2023 be in Coos Bay because we have two places on the map that we're considering right now and then we can be done <laughs> for this part. All right. Thank you. All right. We do have a motion on the floor that the 22 convention be in Eugene and the 23 convention be determined by the board. So if you disagree with this motion, you can vote by raising your hand. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Carrie, can you repeat the motion, please? Okay, so the motion states that the 22 convention be held in Eugene and the 23 convention be, held, be determined by the board. It's really Springfield, not Eugene. Well, yeah, we, we understand the intention is the area. Okay. Um, it, so we have seven. Seven. So that means the motion carries. So as of right now, the 22 convention will be in Eugene Springfield area and the 23 convention will be determined by the board. Is there any other discussion on location of conventions? Can I make a motion that we do the 23 in Coos Bay? Yes, you can. Okay, so move. I'll okay. second it. All right, we have a motion by Teresa, seconded by Darian, to hold the 23 convention in Coos Bay at the Mill Casino. And technically, that's North Bend, FYI, but you know, you never know. Okay, all right. <laughs> at the Mill Casino, we'll say, okay. All right, any further discussion? Okay, those opposed, raise your hand. There is one. Okay, motion carries. 
Awesome. So 22 in Eugene Springfield and 23 in Coos Bay North Bend. Awesome. Okay. Madam President, may I just extend our condolences to you as you go to your father's memorial service? Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I appreciate Oh, I've been holding it together, you guys. You have. <laughs> yeah, you've done really well. Impressively so. Yeah, and like not a, just like during, on. not God just during convention, but also prior <laughs> the to last yeah. convention. Been pretty been, amazing, Carrie. Yeah. My condolences to you, Carrie. So thanks. Yeah, Darian. Been could, that years ago. I have an announcement to make, and could you also just kind of um, inform us as to the time that the auction starts? And yeah, I have a few announcements I was going to make next and then we'll close. So what's your announcement, Darian? I just want to announce that on November 1st, Oregon AAVL will be hosting a session called Meals, Mobility and Mingling. And it will be about our experiences as blind people navigating through the challenges of um gatherings during the holidays and we hope you will uh, attend and there will be a zoom invitation going out um i'm going to be putting it on the community call list so it'll go out after when mm-hmm. around wednesday <laughs> great thank you and and so i do have a few announcements one is i want to thank everybody <laughs> for such an amazing convention um the auction is at 2 p.m today and we are replaying a couple of things from earlier this weekend um, between now and two and we are starting late so maybe just run um, Hobies and then part of Tyann's hula hooping session or however that works Um, Deb and Jeff that would be great Mm -hmm, I'll do it yep okay great Um, and I just want to thank everybody on the fun squad you guys did amazing Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just an awesome awesome convention Um, the third Saturday in January is January 15th. And so that's when we will be scheduling the board meeting according to our bylaws that will be at the location of next year's convention. So we'll be in contact with the Holiday Inn Express regarding that. Also, um, you know, we talked about the hybrid component to the leadership training. The national convention is going to be July 1st through the 7th, and that will also have a hybrid component. So, um, you know, I hope to see some people go. I hope to attend that as well. Um, so anybody else have any other business? Madam President. Yes, Pat. I would like to personally, and I think we all as an organization need to thank Deb and her team for stepping up and helping us have an outstanding uh, convention this year and all the members and people that have joined us all over this country and maybe even in other countries to attend our convention and some of you I know will be at the auction and I think it's just a great thing and we really appreciate your support as an organization as members great thank you all right I officially call this meeting adjourned